Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything, number 245. This is the uh, NFL Week 8 recap, the College Football Week 10 preview and pick show. All the wonderful things uh, we're, we're going to talk about a lot tonight. First things first, we will uh, we will welcome in our sponsor, Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They sponsor the show. They got six amazing sports books going down to tunicatravel.com to check out all six of those. On this week's show, we've got the NFL Week 8 recap. We've got the top five, bottom five NFL rankings after last week. We've got the college football playoff ranking reactions. That just came out uh, this evening. We're recording on Tuesday night, so we are we're giving it to you fresh. College football week 10 preview, college football week 10 gambling picks, and then NFL week 9 previews and gambling picks. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at GaryWCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini. You can also follow the show at Winning Cures on Twitter or Facebook.com slash Winning Cures Everything. If you are on YouTube, go to YouTube.com slash Winning Cures Everything and hit subscribe for us. If you're on iTunes, Google Podcasts, whatever your favorite podcast app is, go hit subscribe for us. Let's quit wasting your time. Let's jump into this thing. NFL Week 8 uh, Recap for you. Welcome in. This is Winning Cures Everything. This is the NFL recap for week number eight, your Halloween special edition. I am too cool for schooling <laughs> it with the cowboy hat alone. Gary went uh, the other route. Yeah, it was not a. It's not one of my finer moments. I am smarter than this. I I know, but uh, but this was one of those where you think, all right, well, I'll just grab some face paint from Walmart because uh, we're going to dress up for the show. And, yeah, apparently face paint from Walmart takes a lot longer than, like, 10 minutes to put on. And so when you're running from work to the house to help with the uh, the six-month-old, and then you got to put on some face paint before you come and do the show, did not work out real well this go-around. I will not be doing this next year. I guarantee wow. you that. Wow. Well, let's, <laughs> listen, nothing on your face could be more scary than where we're going to start out for our recap. we got to start in Cleveland. Well, hold on. Before we do that, TunicaTravel.com, oh, Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. Six amazing, wonderful, fantastic sports books down there. TunicaTravel.com has all the information you need on it. Go visit them. Go visit WinningCuresEverything.com. Let's start in Cleveland. This is take two, by the way, and I did the read <laughs> very well the first time. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he definitely did. <laughs> Y'all don't know that, though. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna start in Cleveland, the dumpster fire that is the Browns, that continues to burn and stink up the place. My 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 Monday morning, I woke to find just pure joy. The Red Sox won the World Series. I get to you know work, get to rolling, get the news. Huey has been fired, and everything is just going my way and then Todd Haley's fired and I'm like okay I I, I kind of wanted him I've never to be, seen emotions change I, as I wanted I wanted him to be the interim guy not that I think he's a great leader of men or an unbelievable coach I think he's an adult in the room that knows how to do the job to just get us to the end of the season and maybe not get anybody hurt and somebody I kind of wanted them to fire in this just let's let everybody go right now was Greg Williams. I, I, 
think Greg Williams is an insane person. And <laughs> normally, now I'm not a doctor. I'm, I'm not. I'm not qualified <laughs> to 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 claim him insane. You know, but I just I don't I don't normally worry about my defensive coordinator being a crazy person. I, I actually kind of like that, it. Right? I don't. Yeah. I, it doesn't bother me. I don't know that I'm looking for it, but it doesn't scare me. Head coach? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really interested in my my head coach being an insane person. My greatest fear with Greg Williams running this team is he's going to do something insane to try to grasp at whatever straw he can in hopes that he can get this job, parlay it into another job, or do something of that nature. And, And it just scares me. I think we have so much young, raw talent on this team. I think he's going to get somebody hurt. Is that an irrational fear of mine? You, do you think that I'm I'm being a little too knee jerk reactiony? Maybe slightly, but like I can understand because it is an emotional topic for you. Um, I I don't think he's going to go out and get somebody hurt by by making them do something crazy. The offensive coordinator now is Freddie Kitchens, who former Alabama quarterback who has worked for a ton of different teams. He's been all over the place. Correct. Never been an offensive coordinator before. No. Never called plays. That is what I would be worried about. Well, I mean, but like, I think I think whoever it is, if, if Greg is really going to treat this like he's the head coach, he's going to have say in what type of play calls they run. The worst offense on – one of the worst offensive lines in football, maybe the worst – they're not going to be able to run the ball very well. I could see him trying to throw it. If we throw it 40 times, Baker's not making it through the season. That's a problem. I would actually like if we came out on Sunday and said, hey, we're making a lot of changes. We're going to put Tyrod back in the starting lineup. I'm I'm okay with that. A bad offensive line. I want a mobile quarterback. He's on a one-year deal with us. We don't really care if anything happens to him. Not that we're trying to get him hurt. But you don't want the keys to the franchise. You, you don't hand a 16-year-old, you know, a bush light and the keys to a Ferrari. And that's what it would be handing Baker to, to, to Greg Williams. I will tell you this. I think that Baker was the reason for the firings. Oh, no. The, yeah. So, they, so the, they the didn't idea want of those not, two guys grooming him because they finally realized, oh, they're going to do more harm than good. Yeah. And, and I, I think that okay that's part that. of the problem is like they're not going to give Tyrod, or Tyrod this job back because they want Baker to play and continue to develop. But he, if you think Kitchens can develop him? No. But then, it, I don't think then, he does anything by sitting him on the bench. Oh, I would. Other than would, maybe killing his confidence. I would. I don't even know if it'd kill him the confidence. If I was John Dorsey, I would pull him aside and I would have a very honest conversation with him about the future of this franchise and just say, hey, man, I can't let you get hurt. And yeah. we are not ready to play you right now. And this coaching staff is not prepared to put you in a good situation to win. This has nothing to do with you. This is it's not you, it's me. That This is a an honest conversation that needs to happen with him, and he can be an adult about it or not. Now, while we're on Cleveland, and we don't have a whole lot in the NFL to get to, let's kick around something. What do you think of some of the coaches' names that have been offered up to possibly take this job? It's, it's the one note that I wrote down. Sean McVay was the Vegas favorite 
to coach the Browns. What nothing is the made me happier than seeing that? What explain how or or why or just I d- I don't know why Vegas would make him the the favorite unless they knew something we don't know. Um, Which I, they tend to know. I, I will but. tell you this: if I was the Haslam's and I had the Haslam's money, I had multiple billions of dollars in cash. Okay, not a billion, but enough billions to where I could piss one away, and I'm still multiple billionaire. I would trade whatever it took to trade to get him from the Rams. And after I traded him that he's barely 30 years old, I would make the John Gruden contract look like chump chains that you find in a couch. I'm talking 30 years, 30 mil a year. You can have it. It is yours. Here is the key to my franchise. Here is ownership stake in the Cleveland Browns. Because I I honestly believe he's that good. Now, he's been coached for one and a half years. Yeah, I was about to say, let's, that is let's a go a little. Real short sample size, but I'm I'm not kidding. I think he's special, and it's not like a quarterback whose arm can just give out or an offensive line that might get hurt. Like he would have to have like a stroke and lose like half his brain capability for him to lose his brain. And even then he might still be a better coach than you, oh no, no! There's no questioning. Lose half uh, the sense. But tell me, let's let's try and get realistic. Okay, is Lincoln Riley realistic? I, I think he's realistic if he wants to coach in the NFL. And he's only 35 years old. Right I think now, if so I don't he know. wants the job, I think he would be on my list to coach. Now, if it was me, now I don't know that that's what John Dorsey's going to do. He would be the second person I would call. The first, the first person I I would call would be the Rams to say. How many first-round picks would it take to get Sean McVay? Like, what if we just give you every first-round pick we've got for like the next five years? Yeah, I mean, what? What? Name a number, and we'll just buy them from you. You're That's trying crazy. to build that big stadium. Come on, you need some cash. We got cash. But no, the, to be honest, to be real, the the first person on my list would be Lincoln. And and normally I wasn't a fan of college coaches going to the pros, but that's all changed. The offenses have all changed. 30 of the 32 teams this year have been reported to have called Lincoln Riley from an organizational standpoint, whether it be the coordinator, the head coach, or the GM, to ask him about consulting with game planning in the offseason. That tells me, why why, why let the other teams use him as a consultant? Make him your guy. Yeah. We see he can do it. I do agree with that. I have no idea currently, like, who would be a fit? Other than, you know, those two, like, obviously you've got Baker Mayfield. If you think that he is, you know, as talented as a first-round pick should be, uh, then, yeah, you make the hire based on what direction you want that offense to go in. But, you, I mean, it's got to be – I mean, you just got to find the right fit because they haven't had the right fit there in forever one thing i don't want them to do if they're going to go to college is to get a coach that's been a good head coach it's like a ceo kind of guy that that just runs the program urban meyer and is not the genius because one urban guy, meyer was no, the genius not and i'm not worried about urban and urban ain't taken urban's urban's done um it's it's the name that got kicked around from college was uh dabo and 
And and I don't know. I think Dabo is a really good coach. He ain't the genius. Though. But Dabo is not the guy that is devising these schemes. He's hiring offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators, and he's great at what he does. But but you just you need whoever the head coach is going to be to either be the genius or to be a bona fide NFL football man. Or or well, let's look at it this way. Pete Carroll at USC, yeah. he was always the players' coach, never the genius. But he, but, like, but he's an NFL football man. There's a difference. Dabo yeah. is not. He's never shown that to be. So that's a Cleveland situation. That's, I, we just went through ten minutes. We got I'm like, very <laughs> glad. Uh, well, well, some of that was the intro, and yeah, you know, no, you're right. Why your yeah. face looked like that? And, <laughs> anyway, moving on. We might number have to do two. That weekly. Number. <laughs> no, that's usually my face. Number number two. This was going to be my top story in football. And we're going to Tampa Bay for this. Now, I've said it before the season started. I don't think Jameis Winston deserves to be on an NFL roster. On a roster. I've made that clear. I have an amazing stat for you. I stole from Kevin Clark from The Ringer. Okay? This is, this is all credit is this the, to him. Is this the turnover? This is this, – well. So, over the past five games, Jameis has thrown 13 interceptions – in the fast five games that he has played, going back to last year because he hadn't played five games this year. That is tied for most ever in the NFL over a five-game stretch. Do you know who he's tied with? I have no idea. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Get out of here. How insane is that, right? (laughs) How insane is that? That is, is A, the fact that you can throw – 13 interceptions. That's Nate Peterman level well, bad. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is like Peterman, I don't Most think, has pe- played well, in he five played, games. He hadn't started five games. Most quarterbacks don't get the opportunity to throw 13 INTs in five games. These two guys do. Patrick does. Fitzpatrick does because just because Winston is the quarterback that he backs up and he is just going to do stuff to cause him to lose time all the time. Yeah. Whether it's suspension or he just plays so bad the team loses all hope and faith in him. Here's the difference in those five games. Fitzpatrick wins almost all of them. Jameis has lost them all. Fitzpatrick yeah. is explosive enough. It's so weird to say he's like 30-something years old and has no athletic ability whatsoever. But he's explosive enough in the plays that he makes – that he can overcome 13 INTs in five games to where he's got a winning record in all those games. He hasn't won them all, but he's won more than he's lost. He's 2-3. Yeah. yeah. Winston, 0 for 5. That is insane. Same number of INTs. Why is this man on a roster? I need somebody who knows the game of football and is inside the NFL to explain this to me because I don't know the answer to it. I can't. I can't answer that question. Like I, he's on a roster because he was the number one pick. I, that, that, not that, that long that ago. That is irrelevant to me. I understand, though. but that, well, there as was, soon as the the best advice I was ever given, not to cut you off, the best advice I've ever been given in life is: as soon as you know you have a losing hand, you fold it. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter what you're doing in life. If it's in a relationship, marriage, in a job, as soon as you know something is a loser, you get out and you walk away. Yeah. I mean, but at, at one point, Jamarcus Russell was also number one, and he and, stuck around for a couple of years. And, and But, yeah, I, he didn't stick around as long as Jameis, and he damn sure wasn't a starter as long as Jameis. No, but now keep it, but here's the and deal. that was also Oakland okay. did not completely build their franchise in their front office around 
Jamarcus Russell. Like, do you think Tampa has? Yes, that's why Dirk Cutter was hired. But that offense is pretty good. I think if you put a capable, competent quarterback, I think they're a quarterback away from being a, a decent team. I mean, yeah. maybe a playoff no, team. They, they are, and that's the deal. Like, they're a quarterback away. They they put all of these pieces around Jameis thinking that. Well, okay, he's not. So just bounce him and go get the quarterback. Just go find I, somebody else. I'm with you. I'm with you. Trade right, for now, Teddy Bridgewater. Like, go. Look, there are quarterbacks out there that are not doing anything. The, the Saints wouldn't make that deal. Well, I know that because it's yeah, in the division. In the division. But yeah. hang on. He was available before the Saints got him. Like, go get somebody. He was available, and you didn't make the call. You knew this guy was who he was when. I think they're going to keep him as a happened. backup this year. They are going to cut him after the season. Actually, they'll. What would be the reason for waiting? What are we waiting on? I just we'll I, don't fire, know, I don't know. We'll fire coaches in the middle of the season. Why won't you cut somebody in the middle of the season? Cut their ass. He I doesn't mean, do you, deserve do you, it. Do you bring him off the bench? I mean, you got to make sure he doesn't get hurt because otherwise you owe him like what twenty million dollars next season. That's, but if you cut him, you just cut him. You know, he can't get hurt on the sidelines. He can't get hurt at his house. You don't owe him nothing for that. If he gets hurt in practice, being a backup. You owe him. Man. But if you hand him walking papers tomorrow, you're done. He's gone. Huh. That's my number two story. Two or three right there. Number three, we're going to stick in the same game. The Bengals' offense has become amazingly explosive. And and I know Tampa Bay doesn't have much of a defense. A.J. Green is really good. We know that he's really good. He is an elite receiver. Has been for years. Man, the combination of the two young bloods of Boyd and Mixon – that offense has gone to a different level. I do think that they can compete with the Steelers and the Patriots in the AFC offensively. I don't think they're coached nearly as well as either one of those teams, which is not that I think the Steelers are coached very well. And and I don't think that they play defense, even though they have more defensive talent than the Patriots do from top to bottom. That could probably all point towards coaching. Uh but, man, offensively, this team has gotten young. Andy Dalton looks a pretty amazing when he hasn't in the past. Has he just been missing somebody to take some pressure off of A.J. Green? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think, mean, I, I feel I think like Boyd has looked incredible this season. They That dude has got speed, and he can catch the football. The offense... It it feels like you know what's funny the offense has gotten better since Hugh Jackson left. Yeah, I know. Um, no, but the, no the doubt about that. Other part of this is I wonder if the owners in Cincinnati are like frustrated at this or if they're happy about it. like it, they do they love Marvin Lewis or do they hate him? You know, like at this this I don't know was completely the, I don't know unexpected this year. Oh no, yeah, I didn't. I thought Mixon could have a breakout season. I thought Boyd could be in like terms of fantasy like a, a decent number three receiver maybe a you know low end number two maybe have some some boomer bust potential and AJ Green would kind of take a step back compared to what he's been but still be in that top echelon of receivers conversation I, I I just think I think Mixon is is a top five running back right now in the NFL um with the talent level that he nuts. has 
I don't like, know where I would put Boyd in the number of receivers because so many receivers are playing badly because their quarterback play is really bad. Well, I think that the the but system just fits him. He, I mean, I don't I, when you can when you are that fast and can catch. I don't know that there's a system you can't fit in. You're I a mean, receiver. I agreed, but that's like what you, you do. You, you just go have fast. A, you catch the football. You got to have a good quarterback. You got to have the right uh, the right play calls. Like the right Dalton, routes. Like the ball kind of looks explosive coming out of his hand. That's yeah, what's shocking to me is it's not just that he's throwing the football and they're scoring more. Because scoring is up league-wide. It's the way the ball looks coming out of his hand. It's the way he looks moving the offense. He just looks like he's got a little hitch in his giddy-up. Like he's got yeah. some excitement going. I don't know. All right, we'll move on from that. Next game. The, the marquee game of the weekend was supposed to be, and I guess it still was, Packers Rams but it kind of just felt like it was this big hyped up heavyweight fight that was kind of like all right we saw that what I'm going without the headphones all right I'm right here you can hear me you know what I sound like I can hear you what what do you make of a the ending of the game we're gambling podcast what do you think of the ending we'll get to that first and then we'll kind of as a football purist I thought it was fantastic I thought Todd Gurley taking the – because it's the right play, right? Be, you be careful don't, what you're about to say there. He didn't take a knee. Not take a knee. He didn't slide. He didn't go down. He let them tackle him. Yeah. See, this is what – everyone's trying to give Gurley credit. And you know what? You don't get credit because it's easier for them to rip the ball from your hands and you fumble it. Then for you to run into the to the to the end zone and make them score twice and you not touch the football again, so I'm okay if you want to go down, but don't act like you tried to do the smart thing, because you were halfway doing the wrong thing, and then a bunch of people yelled and screamed for you to do something different, and you you almost got got because they were trying to stand you up and rip the ball from your hand. Yeah, and not that he fumbles a lot, nothing. But that's not the smart play. Now, if you run down there and you do what Maurice Jones Drew did years ago, run to the one and take a knee, we're having a different conversation. But he didn't. He looked like he was a deer in headlights. He was in open field all by his lonesome, and he didn't know what to do. And he was looking to the left, he was looking to the right, and he was trying to figure out what am I supposed to do, and then three guys grab him and start ripping at the football. Yeah. This is my problem. We're giving him credit. He's been an unbelievable player. I talked about him being an MVP candidate last week. You don't get credit for being a bonehead when you got away with something. I don't know that he made the right move. I think the coaches caught up to him just in time, and he I got think, lucky I think that he didn't somebody fall. was yelling, go down, go down, go yeah, down. Some, somebody yelled it, and whoever that was, I'll give them props. How about that? But Gurley, and then he takes all the because credit it, at the it, end of the it game. Was, it was the smart play to go down right there. I'm okay with that. Like, it's a totally smart play because at that point the Packers can't get the ball back. But if you're going to let them tackle you, now we have a whole yeah, different problem because if they rip the ball out, you got got. Yeah, no, that's true. Now Aaron Rodgers still has a timeout. No, he doesn't because they loaned the timeout the play before. But you still gave Aaron Rodgers the ball. And he and he can do stuff with it. They need a field goal to win. I'm ready to. Uh, we we got one more thing to talk about, right? 
right. then we're going to talk some trades. We'll go through trades. Because the, the that, last, yeah, what, that, one of those trades I want to talk about is okay. because My, of that. Part of that game was, is what does this tell us about the Packers? What Have we learned anything about them at all? I mean, they're 3-3-1. No. I mean, they played a really good team, the Rams, to kind of a stalemate. Does that does that tell you anything? No. Do we think they're good still? I, mean, no. I think I think they're okay. They're always going to be competitive as long as Aaron Rodgers is I there. I agree. Completely agree. But, but they're not a good team. They're not a they're not world beaters? No. Like okay. they, I mean they they could beat anybody in the NFL on any given Sunday, but I mean they they're not they're not going to go out and dominate. They'll they'll get beat by teams like you know, the Colts could show up and and beat them. Like that's that's just the way it is. Last thing I was going to take number 5 the other class of the Titans games was supposed to be the Saints and the Vikings, and it it just wasn't it. It was a very interesting game. wasn't a bad game, but it just was. Uh, if you had told me that Drew Brees was only going to throw for what, like 120 yards, and the Saints dominate the football game, and the Saints would dominate, like yeah, that would be weird. That, to that me. doesn't make sense. So and what, they didn't even rush for 100, did they? Yeah, they did. They rushed for like 120 total or 111, something like that. Something like, okay. They broke 100 yards rushing. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like it. No, nothing nothing in that game felt exciting, good, great. I think both of those games left me just feeling like uh, wanting okay, more. Like, yeah. I, this is this is disappointing. Yeah, I, I, felt, I felt the it same way. It was a really weird NFL Sunday. If I didn't yeah. talk about your team. Sorry, they just Sorry. didn't do anything. Exciting. Comment below on the YouTube video and, and tell us about it. Yeah. We'll, we'll that's, comment back. That's that's my recap. I, a lot of Browns and making fun of Jameis. Let's talk about some of the trades real quick. we got a few minutes here. Let's, uh, let's discuss some trades. I'm willing to discuss trades. Redskins. They're buyers. Ha, Clinton Dix from the Packers. I thought that was a great fourth round, fourth pick. round pick. I thought that and was a skins, great pickup. They're building their team on, on the defense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. On defense. And they're five and two, bro. Uh, Are they no, good? They're, they're six and two. Six and two. That's right. They're six, six and two. two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they're good. I think they, and it's all defense. The Rams. The, the Rams said, "Hey, we've got a lot of free agents in here. A lot of one and done guys. Let's make this defense even better. Go out and get Dante Fowler. He was a like, top three pick in the NFL a couple years ago. Why? Why did the Rams?" Do uh, not the why? Why did the, the Jaguars trade him? This? I I wonder if if they just know they can't pay all these defensive guys. Now they actually got kind of a a, a hole in the sense of for a guy they think they're going to lose anyway. This year's third and next year's fifth. I mean, not that the fifth round pick is great, but I mean it could be worth something. It's worth something, and yeah, and it's I mean, better it's... than letting the guy walk at the end of the year. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Ty Montgomery was <laughs> let go after. Uh, the fiasco that was the end of that's, the Packers. That's the game. one that I wanted to talk about. And was, he was let go for a, a a sandwich, and it wasn't even a sandwich this year. <laughs> you got you got to wait till next year, Green Bay, to get your sandwich. And that's they're totally okay with that because they would have cut him one way or another. They're, they're just cutting him. That's they're a, just cutting the, ties with him, letting him go. And he went to the Ravens. What did you think about that? Like the fact that it. So obviously, Mike McCarthy is one of those that's you got to trust your players. You got to do da 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 da, and then. He gives an order, like it, yeah. an instruction. Very instructive. Do say, not come out. Do not come out. And but Ty, of course, is pissed off because he hadn't been getting playing time. He's been, you know, other guys playing over him. And then he says, "Screw this! I'm gonna go win the game myself." His, and then he fumbles the football. His, and then argu- he gets, his argument was worse than all of it because uh, the excuse is 
what I try to tell my kids, not that Ty Montgomery is my child, but like it's it's the cover up that's always worse. Like you're trying you, what your argument for why you did it makes you sound even worse. He said, I didn't want to catch the ball and kneel it at the one and put the game in the ref's hands. And it was he said, I couldn't tell if I was in the end zone are on the one yard line. Dude, you were like three yards deep in the end zone and they're different wow. colors. This isn't Notre Dame where there's just a white stripe in the middle of it and yeah. you can't really tell the difference between the end zone and the one yard line. They look alike. No, no, no. This is drastically different. One is like dark navy blue and the other one is green raw grass. And even then, if you don't know where you are, why don't you just let look, the ball hit? Hey, look, look, you got eyes, right? You can look down. You can, yeah. and I'm with you. I don't understand the the reason why all these guys catch it. You know the ball is going to go out of the out of out of the end zone. Like it's it's not going to just sit there, and the other team can recover for a touchdown. Yeah. So now, I mean, obviously, we did see something like that in the Steelers Brown game. Hence, hence the shot at the Steelers coaching staff for yeah. poorly poorly coached Ooh. football. Two two receivers I want to talk about. Golden Tate goes to the Eagles for a third round pick. Demarius Thomas goes to the Texans for a uh, fourth round pick in essence and then there's a seventh round pick swap the Does, Patriots nor the Titans went after either one of those guys well, the Patriots had made it clear they were going to make a move well all reports were but a lot of reporting on the Patriots have been pretty shoddy over years so that's kind of neither here nor there I think Bill does that on purpose <laughs> here's what I want to ask about this how bad does this make the Amari Cooper trade look even worse Golden Tate by every metric there is to measure is world's better of a wide receiver than Amari Cooper. Now, he's older than him, but other than age, he's been a lot better than him his entire career. Is is John Gruden friends with Jerry Jones? I, I, no, I, I'm quite certain Jerry probably doesn't have a lot of friends, and I don't think John's friends with anybody but players. And then and it might, might not even be I players. still can't figure out how... Jerry gave a, a first round gave a one to and this is a guy that's known for being like I'm the best negotiator in all of Texas and he's like go get me a number one receiver well we got Cooper he's like a number two and a half receiver done <laughs> what do they want for him they want a one give it to him like <laughs> like it ain't even a counter they're gonna be like like well why don't you should have had your cowboy hat on <laughs> yeah, for that that's one. right that's right give it to him like i don't i don't understand how that negotiation went i have no idea look i've been jonesing all over uh gruden all season making fun of him right and left listen gruden fleece the cowboys oh yeah when you can get golden tape for a third demarius thomas for for a for a fourth I, I think a first-round pick for Amari Cooper is a little asinine. Yeah, it is. What uh, what are the other ones we got here? Major Applewhite for a fourth-round pick to the Saints. Um, this wait, is who? wait, huh? Wait, uh, Eli, Eli Apple. Applewhite. I apologize. Yeah, yep. no, no, no yeah, white on no. it. Just Eli yeah. Apple. Eli Apple. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, they traded the Houston coach? No, that doesn't what? make any sense at all. The coach <laughs> of the Houston Cougars got traded. Um, it, and this is interesting. The Saints were wanting a big-time guy. Like, they were kind of hoping to get Patrick Peterson in the conversation. The Saints have less than a million dollars in salary cap. Yep. They, like The idea of going and getting a good guy, not happening for the Saints just because they can't afford him. Yeah. They are maxed out uh, cap-wise. And then Snacks Harris. This was weird, the Lions. The Lions, before they traded 
Golden Tate went and got Damon Harris from the Giants. Good defensive lineman, good defensive rusher and run stopper. <clears throat> it looked like they were going to be buyers. And then they trade Golden Tate. Are they buyers? Are they sellers? I, I can't figure out what the Lions are doing. I don't know what what that what happened. I think, I think Matt Patricia is figuring out who are going to be his guys, and then he's just dealing the rest of them. I feel like Patricia's going to be there for a while. I think he's been told that he will be there for a while. I do, too, but I also don't know that you're letting a first-year coach that's never coached make all your personnel decisions. I think this is a GM decision. This goes over a first-year coach that has no head coaching experience. Yeah, you might be right. I do think Snacks would be a a, a Patricia guy just because he's a defensive guy, and that's what Matt likes. But Golden Tate's been good, and I guess they just made up their mind, we're not re-signing a 30-something-year-old receiver. That's entirely possible. Anyway, that's a recap. That's my uh, conversation on, on the track. NFL Week 8 Top 5 Bottom 5 Rankings brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. Halloween edition. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, Tunica, Mississippi, go check out their six sports books over at tunicatravel.com. Let's do this thing. We're doing uh, 32 through 28. 32 through 28, top five, bottom five for the NFL. All right, so let's uh, let's jump in. Number 32, I have changed a few things. Okay, I've changed a few things. Number 32 for me is now the Buffalo Bills. Oh. I dropped them all the way back down. You, you, you're you, still not getting it. You watched that game. You're still the- not getting it. How am I not getting it? You're still not getting it. I understand the Raiders. I, I get that. You just you just you you don't. Apparently you don't. Well, how I'm, about you explain it to me then? I'm working as hard as I can work to make you understand the Raiders are a complete and utter chaos of a football team. Tire fire. They're not good at any aspect of the game. They're not good coaching. They're letting go any player that has any chance of being good in the future. They're just they're just not it's just chaos I got, all around. I got the Raiders at 31. I almost didn't have the Bills in here. Strictly because and, – and so, I'm spoiler alert, they're by 28th. And the reason they're at 28 is because that defense just held an offense to almost – they just held Tom Brady and an offense has been scoring 38 points a game for the last four weeks to almost nothing. They kept them out of the end zone until the end of the you mean, game. You mean an offense that didn't have a running back? They still had running backs. Cordero Patterson ran the ball 10 That's times. Just, they just chose not to run White through the tackles, but White is an accomplished I running back. I understand that, but, uh, but once Sony Michelle went out, I feel like this offense changed and they had to find no, some way. Th- th- this offense changes every week because not that's what – Not to mention, I think the Bills – That's like, what they divisional do. Divisional game at home – Monday Night Football. You're right, but that defense but, showed up. You can't knock the Bills for that defensive ability. I, I can knock the Bills for only scoring six points. Well, yeah, but that's look, man. And we can say it was against the Patriots, but they do this all the time. But offensively, they're not good. I have no expectations of them offensively. I, I will tell you that defense showed up. My 32 is gonna be Oakland, and it is not changing. Who's uh who's your thirty one? I just told you the Raiders are, are 31. thirty one. I got the Giants. They are throwing in the towel. They yeah. are playing for the next season. You keep talking. Eli looks really bad right now, and they don't even have a backup option for him. 
Like, like they they don't. There's nobody on the roster that you can say, "Hey, let's try this guy." Yeah, no, I think right. I think they are. And, and well, if and they, it they wasn't for like, the Raiders' complete incompetency from the front office and the head coaching situation, they would probably be my thirty-two. If um, they were so high on on Davis Webb early on, I, I don't know and who, he ain't it, but I don't know who was guy. high on him. That whoever was there before this, uh, the new guy. Who's yeah, the new guy? I don't know. Uh, either way, uh, I've got the 49ers at number 30. So I've got the 49ers at 30 as well. So we're, we're, we see the world okay. similar on that. I think we can move on. What do you I got, got the, at I got the Giants at, at 20, 29. I've got the Giants. So okay. for all the reasons that you said, I still think there's some fight left in this team. They've had a really difficult schedule. Like, the teams that they have gone up against are all really good. Not okay, not really good. Let's let's preface that with they're all good teams. Okay, you know, like the Redskins were not supposed to be a seven or a six and two football team. They just have no heart. They have no fight. They can't score. They can't stop anybody. They just look like they don't know what they're doing out there. And their late game situations are awful. Oh and yeah, they no, just, they, they, like, yeah. There's a lot of bad things, but they they do like they keep games competitive. I mean, they've been covering spreads. They've been they've been within just a touch of actually winning some of these games. So I think that the Giants, like I think the Giants could beat the 49ers. I think they could beat the Raiders. I think they could beat the Bills. You know, and I could be completely wrong on that, but that is, you know, that's why we've got our own separate uh, top five and bottom fives. My who tw- uh, who you got? Twenty eight. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Oh yeah, twenty nine. So my twenty nine. New person to the party. Very well deserving person to the party. My Cleveland Browns. Browns are twenty eight on mine. Yeah, I did no, finally put no. them in the bottom five. Uh, so you put them all the way down to twenty nine. This Browns team going forward for the rest of the season, absolutely. I think yeah. I think the Bills defense would stymie this team to a point to where they can kick field goals. Browns can't kick field goals. That's they, true. They, they they can they can beat them. Yeah, they, they right. beat them. Bills are my twenty eight. And, and I almost didn't have them there. I'm telling you, the Cardinals are out of this thing. That team is not a good team at all. Josh Rosen's a good football player. Yeah, he is. He's going to be really good. They have no talent there at all, Harley. They have no offensive and, line. And he is oh, still God, making plays. I don't know that I trust any aspect of their coaching, anything like that, but he is finding ways to make plays. Every week we have the same top four. I did change – my number three and number four, though. Oh, my gosh. I moved the Saints up to three. I moved the Patriots back to four. Okay. The Saints going on the road and winning at the Ravens and at Minnesota, like, it, that that showed me something. I don't know that winning at the Ravens shows you anything. That team is beat up on bad teams. No, I agree. I agree. So, I don't know how good that win is. Winning at Minnesota is fine. Minnesota's done this a lot, and nothing about that game was exciting. So I don't know that I'm – look, their defense played well. They're still in my top four. The Patriots have a win over the Chiefs. That that win doesn't go away, and the Saints have nothing like that on their red schedule. This week, this week they got an opportunity for that. Yes. But right now, right now they're four. They win Sunday, they move up this ladder a lot. Yeah. I, I may, so if they I, win Sunday, I may have them number one next week. No, no, I don't know that there's an argument to not not do it. So, the, we both uh, the have Patriots, new fives. The Patriots have two losses that the Saints don't have. Now, the Saints lost to Tampa Bay, and it was weird. That's it's right. still weird to look at that game and figure out, like, what in the hell just happened? Um, 
But the Patriots do have the loss to the Lions and the loss to... Uh, That's fine. Uh, who's the other loss to? The, the Jaguars. Thank you. Thank you. Who so. immediately went in the tank yeah. afterwards. I mean, that was that was their Super Bowl. Yeah. So uh, Who do you have at number five? I, I had my Chargers there at first, and then I realized, man, they're on a bye week. I, I think this Panthers team is real good. <laughs> and I like Carolina a lot. And Cam Newton, I don't know if people are watching, Cam Newton could be the MVP. Now, he's not putting Patrick Mahomes' numbers up, but he don't have the help Patrick's got. They, they, who is it, Norv Turner? Yes. They look a lot Nor- better with Norv Turner than Mike Shula. Norv Turner, this is the perfect job for him, and Cam might be the perfect quarterback for him. I have the Panthers at number five. Dude, you really? Yeah. Okay. We, I, I just to preface you- this in case you don't watch this all the time, uh, we do not talk about this before we come in to do the show. We each have our own set of rankings. That's right. Um, I, but yeah. I knew you were going to have a new one. There was a part of me that thought you were going to have Washington here. Because I didn't think you were – I just knew you're not a big Cam guy. I need – well, no, the Panthers beat the Ravens last week, so that's oh, – they beat, they beat them pretty good, They too. beat them, yeah. Like, there were the no Ravens. close games except for the Bengals-Tampa Bay game, and that's only because Fitzmagic came out and slang that thing. Yeah. Um, Washington was close. Like, honestly, number six for me was the Chargers. I would – yeah, I, I would have had the and Chargers seven before was Washington, Washington, and then I would have Washington next. Um, I think so, too. Like, I, Washington didn't look great against the Giants. I know I the Bears have, have three losses. I'd, I'd have the Bears in there, too, but I yeah. like I like I mean, the Bears. The Bears. Anyway, um, that's but that's, our, yeah. Top five, bottom five. Boom. When he cures everything, college football playoff ranking uh, criticisms? Is that what we call it? What do we, what do we call it? Uh, we didn't really think of it. We didn't shop a name. We just said, hey, do you want to we, talk about the playoff rankings? Yeah, I guess a reaction. How's sure. That? We'll call it a reaction. That is, look at you, uh, a creative one. You can tell by his face paint. So we'll we'll go through. We're going to go through all 25 teams. We're going to talk about who belongs, who doesn't belong, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and then we'll just go from there. Uh, let's start with the bottom five. Number 25, Virginia. 24, Iowa State. 23, Fresno State, 22, Boston College, 21, NC State. I'm working on getting it pulled up right now. Who, uh, who does not belong in this spot? Yeah. Uh, NC State, in I don't, my opinion. NC State has not beaten anybody. Does not belong. Now, as far as, I've also got the Massey composite, so which is 110 different computers pulled up. Whew. Okay. Uh. NC State in this one is number 23. So, I guess as far as efficiency goes, I mean, they're 5-2. and two. Uh, Look, if they don't beat Florida State this coming week, we won't have to worry about it. Yeah, but even if they beat Florida State, that's just another bad team that they racked up stats against. No, you're right. They haven't beaten anybody good. And so, if you play a bunch of bad teams – then it's real easy to rack up a bunch of really good efficiency numbers and, and stats and you throw all the metrics off. But you didn't play anybody. NC State oh, – so so let's ask this question, okay? Teams that are not in the top 25. Do you think Houston is a better football team than NC State? Forget about the record. Forget about what they are. Do you think Houston beats NC State on neutral fight field? I think Houston clobbers do you, do you think Temple beats them? I think yeah, it's close, but, Temple, but I think they beat I mean, them. Temple's like four and four, right? I, I, four I'm not saying they, they belong here, but I'm telling you. I think Temple do, could give them a good game. I th- yeah. Th- so you would think that 
it's just like but I also I think can, like I think Georgia Tech could probably beat them. I think Virginia yeah. Tech could probably beat them. I think you I know. think there's a lot of teams not in the top twenty five. Oregon's not in here. I think Oregon could that beat would them. that would be better than them. Yeah, way I do be, agree like with that. way better than them. And the only reason they're not in the top twenty five is because they played better teams. Uh, I do like that Fresno State is in here. I'm okay with that. No, I don't. I don't disagree with that. Um, Iowa State, they're four and three. They've got the least amount of wins of anybody in the top twenty five, but. Their wins look really good. They've got good competitive losses. So, but this is how I always – I don't care about the record. I want to look at the team and say, what do I think this team is? I think Iowa State's really, really I think good Iowa right State's – what Iowa State is 24, NC State's 21. I think Iowa State would beat the hell out of them. Yeah, I do like, agree I that. think that's a 14-point game. It wouldn't be a 14-point spread, but I think, they, I think they could beat them by two touchdowns. Oh, I do agree with that. Uh, Virginia at 25-6-2. I love I'm okay seeing Bronco Mendenhall. But you, yeah, we we are yeah. we are fans of Bronco Mendenhall. We thought he was going to be able to get that thing turned around. We didn't know he was going to do it this quickly. Did not, did not. All right, let's jump twenty through number sixteen. Texas A and M at five and three. Syracuse six and two. Mississippi State at number eighteen at five and three. Texas at six and two at number seventeen. And then Iowa at six and two. They are number sixteen. Uh, Iowa. I like. I'm glad that they gave Iowa some respect because they have been awesome uh they're number 13 in the composite um i mean texas at six and two obviously like that win over oklahoma doesn't matter much when you lose to maryland and oklahoma state correct like oklahoma state is not considered a good team this year because they have lost to some terrible teams oklahoma state is number 47 in the uh in the composite uh texas is number 19 in the composite so you know it makes sense i Uh, think this is probably an area where I agree more than any of the other group of five that we're going to break down out of all of them. I think all of these teams are kind of right on. I I think I agree with that. I uh, think this is where it got more right than any other area, if I'm saying that correctly. Number 15 is Utah. They are 6-2. and two. Penn State at 6-2. and two. They're number 14. West Virginia is 6-1. They're number 13. UCF at number 12. They are 7-0. and oh. And then Florida at six and two at number eleven. Um, if you're going to rank teams based on who they have beaten, et cetera, then there is no reason why UCF should be at number twelve. Last year, UCF had better wins. They had a better football team, and they didn't reach twelve until the last playoff ranking. But but the, this we're going to get when we get to the top. There's obviously no rhyme nor reason as to how they did this. This there's is, no this, there's no collaborative you know. effort. There's no metric that they used. There's no eye test here. There's no well, these teams beat this many good teams. This is literally just a bunch of people that sat around a circle and said, Well, what do you think, Beth? Or I don't know, Claire. What do you think? And and that's how we got this this number system. Yeah. Which is nuts. Like And this is how we pick a champion, by the way. Obviously, UCF. This is why this sport is a complete sham. We all understand that, right? You can love this sport. I love college football. I really wish we had a real championship, though. The UCF thing bothers me because last year it was a precedent of, well, you hadn't really beat anybody. Well, this year they've had a worse schedule than they did last year, and they're already at twelve. Like, obviously, there is some historical significance there, right? Yeah. Like, okay, you did it all last year, and now you're doing it again this year. Like, all right, cool. Like, I understand you almost got beat at Memphis, probably should have lost the game. And Memphis is significantly worse this year than they were last year. But, you know, neither here nor there. 
Uh, UCF does have some some tough games coming up. That's right. Like they got South Florida. They got Temple. They got Cincinnati coming up. Probably going to play Houston in the uh, AAC championship game. They go through that. Absolutely, absolutely deserving of uh, of top ten ranking. And then if all these others fall off, you never know, right? You never know. What What do you think of West Virginia? Um, I still don't think they've beaten anybody, but they see, like, they beat the hell out of Baylor last week. Yeah, but so that's like it Baylor. Good. Baylor, but beating but up as on soon bat- as you go up against a good defense, that's my problem. Ooh. I don't I don't get any style points at all. If if you if one team plays a bad team and they beat them by fifteen or twenty. And another team plays them, and they beat them by fifty. I don't think there's any difference in those teams. Okay, no. I I think that the team that beat them by twenty probably could have beat them by fifty if they chose to, but but we just and maybe they couldn't have. But it doesn't matter. It's all irrelevant. You dominated the game. You won every aspect of the game, and you won the game handily. Yeah. So the fact that you're beating the hell out of somebody as opposed to just beating them doesn't do anything for me. I've never gotten off on that. I never understood that. You think West Virginia would be higher if they had a win over NC State since that game was canceled? Well, that would drastically change things. I don't know that they would be higher, but NC State would be unranked, right? We, yeah, we agree with that. Absolutely. They would not be on here. So, I think I think that one loss that West Virginia had at Iowa State where they just got obliterated. They got smoked. Yeah. And I think anytime they play a team that's going to hit them in the mouth, they're going to get that. But when they play a lot of these Big 12 teams that are soft defenses and just let them score all over them, I, I think they got a chance to win all those games. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, – now they do play Texas this weekend. So we'll, we'll talk we'll about that, that later. Uh, number 10, Ohio State at 7-1. and one. All these are one-loss teams. Uh, number 10, Ohio State. Number 9, the Kentucky Wildcats. Number 8, Washington State. Number 7, Oklahoma. Number 6, Georgia. I like the fact that we've got a Georgia-Kentucky matchup this weekend. Um, I, well, and I, I, I like this area, too. I yeah. think this is this pretty good. This makes sense. Yeah. I, personally, I'm a Leach fan. I would have him higher just on the fact that I like him better. But in no way would I judge his team to be better than Oklahoma or Georgia based on what I've seen on the field. I agree. Um, so Kentu- that's just a bias for me that I'm honest about. Kentucky but. ranked over Ohio State. I'm totally uh, okay with. Totally okay with that. I mean, Kentucky's got better wins. Than they got Ohio better State, wins, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, they got they got better wins. That's just that's just true. Like Ohio State's got the uh, the Penn State win, but I mean, we don't Kentucky know how with a win over Florida. Michigan State, who's not ranked, went into Penn State and beat them. Yeah, how big is that Ohio State win? I mean, it's it's still big. Penn State is number fourteen. I get it. They're no slouch, but like Michigan State, who's unranked, went in and did it. Iowa couldn't do it. No, and I was number sixteen on here. So, you know, I mean, it's like like you say all the time. Every game is different. Um, let's do the top five right quick. Obviously, we might have some problems here. Number five, Michigan. I don't think we have any issue there. Number four, Notre Dame at eight and zero. Number three, LSU at seven and one. Number two, Clemson. Number one, Alabama. I don't. I can't figure this out. I'm I'm done trying to explain it, and I'm done trying to trying to understand how these people do stuff. We pick a champion off of this, and yet we all understand they're going to do something controversial just so we can have something to talk about. You can't do something controversial when you're hired to do a job and say, hey, let's do part of it just to piss people off. Because this is how we choose a champion. Yeah. Notre Dame 
has the best resume. If we took all the names off the jerseys and we took all the scores off and we just gave you nothing but a win-loss record, Notre Dame has the best win in the country. Okay, we all agree with that? I mean, just like is Florida's win over LSU better? No. No. I mean I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. That's my team. I don't think LSU should be over Notre Dame by any way, shape, form, or fashion. I think I think the I think the win against Michigan is better. I think Florida's win over LSU is what has them at number eleven as opposed to like behind West Virginia. Um but like Notre Dame beat Michigan and they don't have any other top 25 wins. I get that. But, but when it's all said and done, you don't think Stanford can play their way back into something? I think you they probably could. I mean, you know, USC's obviously not going to. But, well, they but, they've, got, but they've got played. I know they're going to have games against Northwestern. Like, this is a team that's going to play teams that are really good, by the way. I think they're leaving this up to, like, okay, this will eventually change. Like, obviously, I think LSU jumps to number one if they beat Alabama. Well, I No, there's. Not, Even you're with not one gonna, loss. No, you're not going to get any argument from me, and I don't know that there's many people in the country you are going to get an argument from. If you take down that beast, you've earned it, though. You've earned it. And so LSU thus but, far and has I know, the number And six. I know that I've been crapping all over Clemson. And this is not a Clemson hate thing, because I think Clemson's a really good football team. You've got this ranking, and it's going to say, well, they've got three top 25 wins. <coughs> a, one of those top 25 wins they don't deserve. Because he's not a top 25 team. NC State, not a top 25 team. There's literally 15 teams not ranked that would be a favorite over NC State right now. At NC State, probably. Yeah, maybe. Um, And and so so, so that's a a bullshit ranking right there. And then then you've got wins. Barely beat A&M. Barely beat Syracuse. So you've got two wins over bottom 25 teams. Yeah. No wins over anybody in the top half of the damn thing. And they got Texas A&M at number 20, and that's Alabama's only top 25 win. So, and I'm not arguing that you and I, we all understand. Anybody who's watched football understands that Alabama's the number one team in the country. But if you're looking at, well, who's got the most top 25 wins? Who's got the best wins? Alabama has the worst resume out of them all. Well, on top of it, like, it, so they rank LSU up here because of resume. Right? Because of you, resume. And then, and then they don't rank Notre Dame up here. Over I LSU. I don't know why. And because I would their assume, resume is pretty damn good. Like, it, it can't be... Do you think Stanford's better than Miami? Because I, I kind of could be talked into that. Yeah, I, I think so. All right, so LSU's got to win against Miami, and Notre Dame's got to win against Stanford. Like, okay, all right, that, that kind of equals out. LSU has a loss. We have a loss. There's no reason Notre Dame should be under us. Yeah, I don't I, understand. I think they do this stuff. Just to get people pissed off, which is one of the things that I hate about college football. And yet, here we are talking we, about it. We say, well, no, but this is what we do, though. Yeah, we like the sport, <clears throat> but I call it a sham because it is a sham. It's a complete, it's a, this is, this is reality TV at its worst. Yeah, it's a, it's a sleepy Tuesday night ranking Every, to get people Everything talking. is done to, to prod into prod, not to actually claim a true champion. And yeah. any excuse that you, any argument that someone gives to try to do something to name a champion, the most illogical bullshit excuses that could ever be fathomed are thrown out as if they're just gospel. They're just, they're just, 
well, this is the way it is because some God has spoken and, and this is how we do things. Oh, we, we, we can't play two extra games. Oh my God. What would, what would the kids, when would they take their test? When, what, what would, how would we travel? How would we do? I don't know. We've got a $600 million stadium being built. You can't buy two more plane tickets. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't understand yeah. how this works. What about the TV money? You don't think there'll be more TV money? Uh, more, definitely be hey, more, more games between more top 10 teams wouldn't bring more money? I don't I don't get it. In any argument anyone said, oh, well, where do we stop them? What if we go to 8? Why don't we go to 16? Why don't we go to 32? That Those people, if you're one of them, you lose your right to talk for the rest of your life. I do think maybe they do this to set up weekly matchups. But that's bullshit. I know, I know, you I know. understand I know. what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, number one against number three this week, and you've got number six against number nine. Like, did they? is it possible they put Kentucky over Ohio State so that it looks better? Well, and our boy Tim Brando said that. I mean, he said LSU would be ranked higher than they're supposed to be because of this weekend's game against Alabama. They needed it. to. But here's the thing. You don't need it. Like yeah, I mean, LSU Alabama is four. already as big as it's gonna be. <clears throat> if you had Michigan over LSU one versus five, still the biggest matchup we've had all year. It's still a big deal. Yeah, you don't have to manufacture it. You don't have to give us some bullshit. You don't have to make it something that it's not. I agree with you. It's what it's it's what I hate, and these are the people running this sport. I, this is it's, a game that I love. It's a game that I love, and I just wish the people that have controlled it forever would get out of the way and just run it like I've a normal I've told you sport. about this in our playoff projections forever. Like, it is a TV show. I know. and, that's, I, and that and, That's but, all this is. That's all the playoff that is. that pisses me off so bad because you, not that it matters, but then if it doesn't, like, my, my wife hates sports. So, like, she's going to say, well, none of this matters. Like, why do you care? If we're going to talk about it and we're going to do it and we're going to watch it, at least make it matter. Yeah. And, and the way college football does it, none of this matters. Agreed. The Georgia-LSU Agreed. game did not matter because if either – every game matters. Well, No, it doesn't. Because if either one of them lost but they won out, they would still have an opportunity to play for the championship. LSU with two losses, if they went out and they won the SEC title game, they would still get in. I assure you of that. I've seen it happen. So don't tell me every game matters. LSU-Alabama doesn't matter because if Alabama loses, nobody in the world thinks they will. But if they lose, then then it doesn't They'll matter. Up in the They're playoff still going to be out. in the playoff. Yeah. So so let's let's stop all the bullshit. I think I'm with you. Anyway. That's our reaction. <laughs> all right, let's get into uh let's get into the week 10 preview. College football previews, week number 10, the Halloween edition of the show. Uh, it's brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can bet on any of these games, watch and wager on any of them over at any of their six fantastic sports books. You can find more information on those over at tunicatravel.com. Go to winningcureseverything.com for all of our picks, our previews, our YouTube stuff. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube, on the podcast. Let's jump into it. This is the week. This is this is mano y mano. This is me against you. Alabama LSU. 
down on the bayou, Death Valley and Baton Rouge. Alabama's a 14-point favorite currently. 14 and a half. Is it 14 and a half now? 14 God and a half. God bless it. Change in just a couple of hours. Uh, Saturday, 7 p.m., CBS, Death Valley, and Baton Rouge. The metrics have this Alabama by nine. That's probably about right. I think that's about right. I think the line is inflated a touch. Um, well, Alabama hasn't played anybody within 20 almost. I don't think anybody's kept it within 20. So, uh, Yeah, I mean, you're, you're I'm, right. I'm trying to convince myself that if we keep it close – and it's less than double digits. I'll feel good about this game, but that's just. Well, just I'll tell you this: you can't say that and be a fan of a team and hate another team so much and and be really okay with that. If it comes down to special teams, I mean, we got to go with LSU there, right? I mean, oh, obviously, we, we got a kicker. Yeah, LSU's got a kicker. Alabama does not have a kicker. Uh, I mean, they got a guy, but we kick a lot of field goals in the red zone where y'all are just going to turn them into touchdowns. So if you yeah. miss extra points, no one gives a damn. Now you're you're right about that. You're right about that. Uh, as far as the stats, one right. So okay. Um, and I forget the name of this site, but it it goes through like FBS rank and all this kind of stuff. There are 34 metrics measured. Alabama wins 26 of them, and. LSU wins eight. So, but are they like big margin of victory wins? Like, it's red zone scoring percentage. It's red zone touchdown. Well, I get, I get, percentage. I get all that. It's, but like, you know, are they close at least? Or is Alabama like when they win a category, they destroy the category, and when LSU wins a category, they barely beat them? Uh, does that these, make sense? Yeah, some of these Alabama does like completely demolish, like. Okay, passing touchdowns. Okay, that would make sense. Alabama averages 3.88 per game. Yep, okay. They're number one in the country in that. Uh, LSU might LSU not be in the top is, 50. Uh, no, LSU is number 122. Yep, I didn't think so. So, 0. 0.75 per game. Um, you know, I mean, there's just, yeah, most of it, Alabama completely demolishes them, right? Good. Um, Good to know. But that's, I mean, that's where it is, right? So, uh. It, Look, the question here is, what does LSU do with Alabama's offense? So, the the biggest flaw that Alabama has, aside from special teams, Tua's completion percentage drops 24% from, like, over 70% down to 46% when he's under pressure. Now, the only issue with that is, LSU is number 51 in the country in sacks. They've only gotten 18 this year. They're number 95 in tackles for loss. They've only got 42 Alabama is number three in the country in sacks allowed. They've only given up five all year. They're number 10 in tackles for loss allowed. They've only given up 33. Um, I think that if you can get pressure on Tua, one, yeah, Devin White being out hurts that a whole lot because now you're going to have to bring somebody like Grant Delpit, right? That's right. And if you bring him, you're taking one of your best secondary players off of a – receiver and if you've got them in the slot like that um obviously two is going to be able to do all kind of stuff so yeah <laughs> we have a visitor hey what you got are you okay okay no well if you need Absolutely. some help let us know okay <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Good night. Good night. 
I'm gonna cut that out. We almost helped a damsel in distress. Almost. You could leave almost. it in. I don't care. It's all good with me. Play it. You, you, you can do the playback. Tell me so, it's yeah, it's out. I'll still probably cut that out, but we'll <laughs> we'll see what happens. Okay. Um. So cutting back over to. So if you bring Delpit on blitzes, you're leaving really talented receivers open probably in the slot, right? And that's where Tua has absolutely killed him. Now, if you bring him off of the corner or something like that, I don't look at Alabama running a lot of uh, post routes in this one, but Tua has been absolutely deadly on those crossing routes. That's where the game could get away from LSU. The thing that scares me as an Alabama fan is I don't think that Alabama can run the football on LSU. I don't either. And I think that LSU can run the football on Alabama. So if LSU gets into one of these games where they hold the football for 40 minutes, then Alabama's got problems. Um, I do expect Alabama to win the game, but I'll tell you this, like, I absolutely got a little bit of money on LSU on the money line, or not the money line, the uh, yeah, uh, yeah. on the little, spread. Little Freudian slip there. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I uh, you want to cut that out too? Um, uh, I might. I might. <laughs> uh, so so let me tell you what I think about this. I I think Alabama's the most talented team in the country, top to bottom. I don't think there's any getting away from that whatsoever. But those receivers are big. And they're good. They haven't been covered by DBs nearly as good as LSU. I do agree this, with that. This is a bad, the reason Tua doesn't get sacked is because his receivers are open so quickly. Even teams that can rush the passer don't have time to get there because they're just wide open, and they're wide open immediately. I don't think that's going to be the case. Now, without Wyatt in there, that hurts the pass rush a lot because he – he does, when he blitzes, he gets home. I mean, there's a reason he's one of the best defensive players in the country, if not the best defensive player in the country. Yeah. Um, I will tell you this. I really believe it with all my heart. If it is close in the second half when he comes back, I think that place is going to be insane. Oh, I think I, when he comes out on the field in the I, second I, half. I, th- I think if like, you're not up by more than two touchdowns in the second half, I think we can win the game. Yeah. I, I, do I think it Nisa's needs to be one of those situations for Alabama where you get up early and Tua doesn't play the fourth quarter. But if if you don't have that situation and you're not running away with it, I, th- I think this Alabama team hasn't been hit in the mouth by anybody. And while it's really easy to look good, all these games when you just push anybody around as much as you want, we offensively, not the greatest team in the world, light years better than Arkansas. Arkansas puts up 31 on y'all. Yeah. If you let LSU put up 31, I think we can win the game. I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. I feel I went into this week thinking I just want to keep it close. If we keep it within 10, nobody else has done that. I would love to say they don't beat us by double digits, and maybe that's even room to like get into the playoff for that fourth spot because nobody else is going to have that on the resume. And the more the week goes on, I just see not there's not flaws in Alabama. It's just 
I can you see haven't that you, seen it you, against you really haven't good played teams. anybody. Louisville, well, everybody look, beats everybody puts up fifty against the Louisville. strength of schedule. Alabama's number sixty six. LSU's strength of schedule is number one. Number one. Yeah. Uno momento, por favor. One moment, please. There's there's there is no one else in the list. Like number two, three, four, five, and six can add all their strength of schedules up, and it's not LSU right now. Agreed. We're battle tested. I love that. And like I said, now Alabama could come out first play of the game, third play of the game, score a touchdown like they usually do, 60-yard bomb and, and, and break our backs quick. That might happen. I'm just going to say, if if it's close going into halftime, when you come out after halftime, it doesn't matter who gets the ball first. It do, That place is going to be more electric Excuse me, than any other place I've ever seen. I, uh, I am prepared for that. Yeah, I I am too. I am too. So yeah, I think it's going to be a fun game. Gonna we're going to figure out exactly what Alabama is. We're going to figure out exactly what LSU is. Um, See, I don't, but I don't know that we are in that sense. If Alabama beats them by fifteen, do we really did we learn anything about LSU? I think it justified like where they are. You you still think they're a top five team in the country? Now they won't be ranked that obviously. They'll have to fall behind one of those some of those. Yeah, one I mean I, teams. I, I think LSU is a top ten team. Yeah, like I do and, too, and, and, and I don't know that anything. In there. And I think in the they out- can beat any other yeah. top ten. Team. I don't I don't think there's any outcome that would make them not be a top ten team when it's done. Well, I think if if Alabama goes out and hammers them by like five touchdowns yeah, or something, if, but that if, I don't I don't see I don't that happening. I don't think it's I mean, going to happen either. I mean, yeah, if but, LSU beats y'all by three four touchdowns. Are you are you out of the playoff race? I mean, it's just done. You can't come I mean, back it, from that. I think if Alabama gets beat the way that Ohio State got beat, yeah, then but nobody really sees that because Ohio State's a dog team. Yeah, agreed. That's still a top ten team according to the playoff committee. It's a but dog anyway. team. That's what I said. Right. I stand by it. We spent forever on Alabama LSU. We so should have. This is the biggest game this in is the, the biggest country. Game. Not of the of the season, not just of the weekend of the season. The other big game that's also on CBS. Sorry, Kentucky, we took all your glory. <laughs> Georgia minus nine and a half at Kentucky Commonwealth Stadium in Lexington, Kentucky. The over under is forty three and a half. Saturday, two thirty p.m. on CBS. So CBS got some good matches. CBS ratings. They Ooh, the advertising we. dollars. What do you think it's going to cost to get some play there this weekend? Uh, I would. I mean, it's millions and millions and yeah. millions of dollars. It's crazy. I, I would bet it's it's so, pretty pricey for the, this The weekend. majority of the college football country is going to just flip it on to, to the, CBS yes, and then leave it. This is, this is one of the situations where the SEC is king. And what's weird is is you don't even expect – like we got a Kentucky team and you weren't even planning on before the season started. Yep. And you're like, man, we're, had making, no idea. we're making money off these guys. The metrics have Georgia minus nine point four, so the number is ten. The number is debt one. Well, right now it's nine and a half. Okay, right, right. now it's well, nine I, saw, and a half. I saw it ten before uh, before we made picks. This made is picks. one of my gambling picks. Uh, I'll, I'll, right. go I'll give you some of my look. Georgia is two and three against the give spread. Their last five as a road favorite. Kentucky six and four, and five and five straight up in their last ten as an underdog. Uh, look, Kentucky's got a hell of a run defense. If Georgia cannot run the football and you leave it completely up to Jake Fromm, the other side of this is if Kentucky doesn't turn the football over, I don't know that Georgia can generate enough points to cover the line. Right? Like, they hadn't really done that this year. Like, look at even Missouri, you know? 
like the Missouri game. Uh, oh, you're the, right. I lost money on that. Look, oh, look right. at the Florida game. <laughs> yep. You know, the Florida game, same thing. If if Felipe Franks does not turn the football over, if they're not dropping the ball all over the place. But that's what Franks does, though. I like, know. You kind of got to build that into what you're thinking. I, well, I understand that, but at the same time, he didn't do it against LSU. And he he, he had no, started no. doing really you're well. Right. So no, that was, that's the game of his life. Yeah. I mean, it really is the game of his life. Yeah, it absolutely was. And he still wasn't even that good. No, um, he just didn't turn the ball. He just didn't make the mistakes. And that's the thing. I, if Kentucky will not make the mistakes, then you they think, will absolutely be in right. this. So I, you, you hinted a little bit towards your gambling picks. Let me ask you a question. I, I have certain rules in gambling. Sometimes I follow them. Sometimes I, I ignore my own advice. One of the rules is you never bet on an underdog you don't think can win the game. Do you think they can win the game? I think Kentucky could win the game. Wow. All right. I don't I, trust I try, the every, team. Every week I see Kentucky, and I say, I want to give them props. I want to get behind them. I want to believe in this team. Nah, I'm going to bet against them. I'm going to well, bet look, against so, them. Now, I will tell you, last week I bet on them. We made some money. Made some dough. And even thank, then, they really probably should have won that, that game. Was, that was total fluke luck. But I do think that, that Kentucky last week might have been looking a little bit ahead. Which I know is ridiculous. They're not good enough to look ahead to anybody. You, you don't think that, but well, they're Georgia not historically town, a winner to where you can just look ahead. Agreed, and and they found that out. Well, I'll right? tell you this: I'm not I'm not touching this game as far as I'm going to enjoy it. I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch. As much as I I like to hate on Georgia and I like to make fun of of their running backs and all the steroids they take, Holyfield is just a a freak of an athlete, yeah, man. He really is. Like, like I do want to see this Kentucky run defense against Holyfield. I don't want to see him against Swift. Why do they give Swift thirty touches and Holyfield twelve? I don't understand. That. I don't understand it either. Kentucky. Uh, Can you pay by the me a million dollars to be an offensive coordinator? Because I'm just going to hand to that guy forty times. Kentucky gives up three point three yards per run. That's number fifteen in the country. And they only give up 4.59 yards per play. That's number 13 in the country. That's pretty good. Yeah. It, it's, and, that, and this is like legit numbers. That's, no, that's 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 real stats. Against, against, against Mississippi good teams. State, against Texas A&M. Missouri. Missouri against Missouri's Texas. offense has been one of the best in the country. And, and Alabama, them, the only held, team to hold Missouri less than, than, than Kentucky, Kentucky. held Missouri to zero first downs in the second half. I mean, it's just amazing. Year. I mean, it's it, look, early on, they go down 14-3. to three. Now you're getting nasty. You now get you're getting me buying in. This is how I lose money right here. So I, I, I walk into you. I walk into something thinking I'm staying away. This is I'm, we, you I'm and I have talked it. forever about the fact that we don't think Georgia can go into a hostile environment. Here's the other part of it: you got Benny Snell and you got Josh Allen on Kentucky's team. That's basically Roquan Smith and and Ooh, Sony Michelle careful. and Nick Chubb. And careful, I be be. I know you, you're invoking the name of a defensive. <clears throat> just monster, and that's what Josh Allen is. Oh my God! I'm the, if you haven't watched Josh now, Allen play, you need to go watch him. I play. have watched him. I like Kentucky. He's I watch him. Be real careful. Kentucky has got some grown ass men. Roquan Smith could have been number one in the country. Can Josh Allen go number one in the country? I think he'll go first round, but, which is what Roquan Smith basically. Oh, I mean, he went number five. eight. He went number eight. Come on, man. I'm he's, telling you, he's the best. He's the best defensive player in the country. Well, Josh Allen is the best Josh Allen in the country, but he ain't the best and defensive player. I don't in the know. Country. I don't think he's the best defensive player, but, it, but that you just okay. Not right now, okay. but he, uh, hell, he might be. He might be. No, let's 
Okay. I think he might be better I'm, than Devin White. Now you now you got me where I need to be. We I need to now you're just ridiculous. Now you got me where I need to be, and I'm just I'm gonna enjoy this game. I'm gonna watch Josh Allen. I love Snell. I'm gonna enjoy this game. I'm off of Kentucky now. You you you, you you're trying to <laughs> Okay trying to just okay. be crazy. Uh let's let's roll through the rest of these. Uh I got a bunch of honorable mentions, but uh number three, we got Penn State at Michigan. Michigan is a ten point favorite. Over unders fifty two and a half. Uh, Saturday, two forty-five p.m. Two forty-five. It's a weird time, right? Yeah, I don't understand like the extra fifteen minutes. I don't understand. I'm not it. upset about it because I'm hoping the halftimes all stagger and I and can watch more good. football. Yeah. Uh, so that's in Ann Arbor, Michigan. The metrics have Michigan as only a six-point favorite. Why they're getting ten here, I have no idea. I think Michigan's going to cover the ten, and, I, and they might. I, I think they're going to beat the hell out of. Penn they might. State. I mean, I'm I'm staying away from it because I. It, I mean, I've seen Penn State play up to competition and down to competition. But I've seen them play up. up to competition at home. They never play up to competition on the road, ever. Yeah. They just either go on the road and get beat, or they play down to a bad team and they still win. They just look like crap. Uh, you might be right. Uh, number four, we got West Virginia at Texas. Texas is a two-point favorite. Over-under is 58, Saturday, 2.30 p.m. on Fox. That's in Austin, Texas. This is in my gambling picks. The metrics have this as a pick em. Like, literally, picks. the numbers match up to where the score is tied. <laughs> like, so, obviously, somebody has to win. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I had not – I haven't had one of those all year. Like, where it's not even like a, a .1 differential. Yep. It is literally dead even. Okay. So, yeah, dead even on here. Um, is this game this, in your gambling picks? This game is not in my gambling picks. What do you think of this game? I think Texas is built – to beat Big 12 teams, and I think that West Virginia is built to be able to beat Big 12 teams. Texas is is not a stereotypical Big 12 team. Okay. So that's where I'm at on that. Well, I think I'll Texas probably, scares. you know, probably win the game after uh, losing at Oklahoma State last week, but, you know, we'll see. I don't think Texas's defense is as good as Iowa State's. No. Not but even, but I do think that close. their defense is actually really good. <clears throat> yeah. So I got you. Uh, game number five: Notre Dame at Northwestern. After this, it kind of falls off. There's interesting matchups, but Notre Dame at Northwestern over under fifty three and a half. Saturday six fifteen p.m. ESPN in Evanston, Illinois. This is the one that's competing with uh, with Alabama LSU. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, me I too. was real excited to watch this game. I mean, I'm gonna have it on the iPad, but uh, I will say that I'm only giving you one fact. Okay. Notre Dame is one and eight straight up on the road against Power Five teams in November since 2013. Bam, one and eight. One and eight. The only win was over Pittsburgh in like 2015. They've hmm. lost every game to USC on the road, every game to Stanford. They lost to Northwestern in 2013. Like, yeah. I so in 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 good faith to our boys from West Lot, people hear us talk about them. There's some dudes from Northwestern. We like them. You can go download the podcast, Westlight Pirates. They, it, I tried to help them out with this Wisconsin win. I, I've been, I've been so bad betting all these games the last couple weeks. I, I threw, <laughs> I may have threw a few dollars on Wisconsin, and I'm quite certain that I am the reason that Northwestern pulled that upset off. It, it wasn't because Hornibrook was out, or no. because Wisconsin fumbled the ball well, three times. The, the fumbles was me. <laughs> the fumbles is to me. The, the the juju that I put on them, the 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 voodoo that I do to to that team was making them do something they have never done historically as a football program. Well, you might need to put some money on Notre Dame this weekend. 
How about that? Well, what if Cali Lane Notre Dame? What if I want to put some money on Northwestern? Why would you want Notre Dame to? I like Notre Dame, man. I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting excited. You know how bad I've hated Brian Kelly for so long. I'm kind of getting excited about this Notre Dame team. How many LSU fans out there actually like Notre Dame? I don't know that many. Oh, a lot. Well, they're all Catholic, man. Well, I understand oh, that, Notre Dame's got to be the other team. That's what the Pope says. You got to do. Just, it. That's weird. Oh no, you that's can't a, go against. A, you can't go against the church. <laughs> that's. Let's go care. through this honorable mention real quick. Damn. Temple at UCF. UCF a ten and a half point favorite over under sixty and a half. That's Thursday night, six thirty p.m. on I will, ESPN. I will be watching every second of this game. The uh, the metrics have it UCF minus twelve point two. The question is, will McKenzie Milton play? I don't know. If I don't he know, doesn't, I don't know the answer to that. If he doesn't, I might like Temple. If he does, UCF could end up blowing these guys out. I like I like Temple a lot. I, I do too. Them a lot. They are a tough tough team. I don't care what the records show. If both – Temple could play this team close. Yeah. Just because they're a physical team. Well, let's talk about some more physical teams. Friday, 6.30 p.m. ESPN2, Pittsburgh at Virginia. Virginia is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Seven-and-a-half-point favorite? Yeah, the metrics have them a 6.4-point favorite. <sighs> I'm um, not touching this at all. For first place in the ACC Coastal. Coastal, yep. Is that not insane? They could do it. Now, they Virginia, of course, no, if they get a, through I'm all not these. I'm a Pitt fan. If Virginia so. gets through all these, they still got to go play in Blacksburg at the end of the season. They've not beaten Virginia Tech since 2003. And before that, it was 1998. This might be the year to do so. it, though. Oh, it, it might be. This it might Tech be. team is driving me insane. Yeah. Uh, Iowa at Purdue, Saturday, 2.30 p.m. ESPN2. Purdue is a three-point favorite at home. It's uh, in my gamble picks. But go watch the gambling picks thing. Iowa at Purdue. Okay. Yeah. Cal at Washington State. Washington State is a ten and a half point favorite. That one I didn't write down times on these. Uh that one is uh is Saturday night. Like the Pac twelve after dark? Like yeah, nine I think, o'clock I think it's nine thirty. Good. So I, I can get the, I'll get to watch the back half of that if I'm yep. still alive. Texas A and M at Auburn. Uh Auburn is a three and a half point favorite. That was so weird to me. Auburn being a favorite at home? Yeah. Just the way well, they've looked, the way they've played. Well, remember that uh, that A&M and Auburn have flip-flopped winning at each other's places ever since A&M got in the league. Yeah, but I don't know that I care about any of that stuff. Yeah, the the road team always wins. I, I Once again. But it, it, but it won't surprise you that, if A&M that wins has, this game. That has nothing to do with this, this game. That's Auburn is coming off of a bye, and A&M just played at Mississippi State. I don't know that that means much, but either way. Oklahoma at Texas Tech. Oklahoma is a ten point favorite. That was that was interesting to me as well. It's a lot of points. What's the over under? Over under ooh, good question. Seventy sorry, I didn't mean to catch No, 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 you're guard. good. I I Thought these honorable mentions I didn't uh, didn't write them all down. Um what would you think it would be? Seventy two. Seventy two. I've got sixty eight. I wasn't too bad off. So yeah, 68, I mean, that's a lot of points. Um, that is a lot of points. I, Oklahoma's just been putting up points in droves. I know I know Texas Tech's defense has been a lot better this year, much improved, and their offense can stay on the field a little bit to kind of keep Oklahoma scoring maybe a touchdown. But I I think Oklahoma's offense is just – Lincoln they, they might be a little too much. Lincoln Riley might be the best innovator of offenses in college football right now. Yeah, I do agree with that. Uh, Nebraska at Ohio State. This one's 11 a.m. on Fox. Uh, 
Ohio State is a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. It opened up at 21-and-a-half, and, and it not, dropped. I'm not sure why we're talking about this. Uh, I think it's big names, whatever. And then Boston College at Virginia Tech. Big game. Big game. Boston College, a two-point favorite in Lane Stadium. That's right. That's a big deal. I don't know that this is a big game either. I shouldn't have given you shit for that and, one. We call this one a big game, but. Well, let's this one before the season was considered a really big game, and and now it's the last game we're going to bring up. Stanford at Washington. Yeah, two what three lost three teams? lost teams. Wow. The loser of this has four losses in the first weekend of November. And and Washington State's like a pretty. Washington's a pretty heavy favorite, aren't They're they? They're like a ten point favorite. I, was, I, I thought it was nine and a half. I thought it was, it was double digits. Yeah, it's like a, That's it's insane. A, Stanford. Yeah. Still, still think David Shaw's top ten coach in college football. I think Stanford covers the line. Okay. <laughs> All right, that, that, that is our college football preview. <laughs> this is the college football gambling picks for week number ten. It's brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can find all six of their sports books over at tunicatravel.com. They got the horseshoe. Gold Strike, Samstown, First Jackpot, Pot, First Jackpot, Pot, Hollywood Casino, and Fitz Casino. Somebody Good say Pot. Gracious, man. <laughs> we starting off with a bang today. It's the Halloween edition. Boom. Gary dressed Go up. Yeah, I did. And I'm too cool for school, so Gary gave it, me a cowboy hat. Yeah. I, I'm not doing this again next year. This no, Walmart you look good. Face. Hey, listen, you went out on a limb. You did something Walmart different. Walmart face paint. And this I, is uh, awful. Yeah, no, nah, you're all right. I think it looks great. <laughs> Go over to winningcureseverything.com. Sign up for the college football picks con- – not college, but just football picks contest. You pick 10 games against the spread. We're going to give you seven college games, three NFL games. Last week, Donald B. from Corning, Arkansas, went 8-2. and two. Now, technically – I won the pick'em contest last week. Did you go nine and one? No, I went. I went eight and two. You won the tiebreaker. But I won the tiebreaker. So we had like four guys that went eight and two as well. If you went. If you went nine and one, yeah, I went, I'd, have, I'd have given you some ups. I uh, I went eight and two last week, which is still pretty good. Oh no, no, no that's great, dude. No, listen, um, come from a guy that can't pick a game to save his life. That's well, no, you did pretty good last week. So last week. I went five and two. That's good. That's you went four good. and three. I'm on a fourteen and seven span right now pretty, over the last three weeks so i'm pretty doing good all right. run pretty good um run. but you finally got off the snide i did you're four and three i bet overall i bet 14 games this week i lost four of the 14 i still lost money i know man i don't all, all games are not bet the same uh that okay that makes all sense. games are not bet the same as far as our picks go you're 34 <sighs> 28 and one I'm sorry, sorry. I'm 34, 28, and one. I was about to say, I'll take it. You are 28. I'll take it. You are the exact opposite. 28, 34, and one. Close. Let's uh, let's Close. jump in. Close second. All I'm right. gonna give you game number one for me. Go ahead. Air Force at Army. Army is a six and a half point favorite. Saturday, 11 a.m. It's on CBS Sports Network. Metrics have got Army minus 13. Now Army went to Air Force last year, won 21 to nothing. That is after Air Force dominated them for years. One of the things Jeff Monken wanted to do was fix those military games where Army was just getting blown away. Couldn't beat Navy, couldn't, couldn't beat, beat Air Force. Exactly. And he flipped that thing around, beat them 21 to nothing last year. This year, Army is 5-1-1 one, and one against the spread their last seven games. Air Force is 2-3-1 and one against the spread in their last six games. The metrics got this seven points off. I'm going to take it. I All got right. Army minus six and a half. All right. 
So we don't talk before the game. We don't talk before the, the podcast. We talk a lot before games. I'm going to go ahead and jump down to the to the middle of my page. Army, minus six and a half. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe we got the same games. We rarely do this. Last week we did it a couple of times. Yeah, we had two I games guess, last week. I guess I'm glad of that. It's probably two games of one. We we might have multiple this week. Um, yeah, I think I think this Army team is a lot better than they have been. I think, and I think you're right. I think they're making a point. We're gonna beat the other academies, and this year they get Air Force at home. Yeah, they're not going out to Colorado. Nope, and, and, and they get them 11 a.m. Yeah, oh, early game. That's yep. right. Which I, is what, I think 9 Army. Colorado I think Army now? will handle them. Yeah, I completely agree with that pick. Uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of it. I like it, and I I thought with you, I think, man, this this line's short. Yeah, it's real short. Okay, game number two, Georgia at Kentucky. I got the Wildcats plus ten. Saturday, two thirty p.m. on CBS. The metrics have got Georgia minus nine. Still really really close to that ten number. I know that Georgia's two three or two and three against the spread. Their last five as a road favorite. Kentucky is six and four against the spread. Five and five straight up in their last ten as an underdog. Look, Kentucky only gives up three point three yards per carry. That's number fifteen in the country. They only give up four point five nine yards per play. That's number thirteen in the country. Kentucky has done a good job of protecting the football. They are plus four in turnover margin in the last four games. If Georgia doesn't get turnovers from Kentucky, I think Kentucky has a shot to win the game. Wow. Bam. Yeah. You uh you almost had me sold to bet with you on this game until you compared Chris Allen to uh, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, whatever. That's a, you ain't some, watched that boy. Some dude named you. Allen to Devin White, and that's <laughs> when I that's when you lost me. All right, my next gambling pick I'm going to give you the Big Orange, Syracuse minus five and a half against Wake Forest. Look, I've been I've been kind of liking this Wake Forest team a little bit. They won me some money a couple weeks ago. Listen. Syracuse is a really good football team. Wake Forest defense, not that good. I think Syracuse can score when they want, how they want, where they want. I think Syracuse wins this game. I don't know that they blow them out, but I think they cover the spread. What was your line, five and a half? I got them at five and a half. All right. Game number three for me. Give me them Iowa Hawkeyes plus three at Purdue, Saturday, 2.30 p.m. ESPN2. The metrics have got this one flip-flopped. Wrong team favorite. Iowa minus three is what the metric says. Iowa seven and two against the spread the last nine games. Purdue has not beaten a team with a top fifty defense so far. They only played two of them: Northwestern number fifty, Michigan State number forty-one. Iowa is number four in total defense. Iowa's going to be looking to get back up off the mat after basically giving away the game at Penn State last week. You got first and goal on the three with less than four minutes left. Give me a friggin' break. Iowa comes in, they win the game outright. All right. Iowa plus three. Is this one of yours as well? At Purdue. No, let me let me tell you. Let me tell you, There's a, there's a little bit of a theme here. I got a couple of games that are going to go this way. There's an old boxing term. You're a fight guy. You like this stuff. That styles make fights. Yeah. And this is one of those things where Purdue is built to beat up a team like Ohio State. Yeah. A team that finesse is team. finesse, that's put up points because they can put up points in bunches, and if they get out ahead of you, you're playing catch-up, and you can't play catch-up well enough. And and the big physical teams just slow these teams down. They pull it in the mud, they dirty the waters, and they make it a lower-scoring, hard-nosed game, and they can't hang with them. Um, it's just my reason for liking Iowa. I think Iowa, with you, I, road teams are always tough, but it doesn't matter. 
I love Jeff Brom. Doesn't matter. It's not going to be about his offensive schemes and abilities. I think Iowa's going to – defense is going to pull down. I think Iowa's offense is going to be good enough to put up enough points, win this game outright. I agree with you. Bam. Game number four for me, Notre Dame at Northwestern. I got Northwestern at plus nine and a half. Now, that line has jumped up to ten. It opened right. at seven. Yeah, it's, 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 and it just I don't know that it gets up. much bigger than 10, though, man. I can't see much I can't more imagine it. But a road double-digit favorite. Saturday, 6.15 p.m. on ESPN. Northwestern is 15-5 and five against the spread in their last 20 games as an underdog. That includes 12 outright wins. It, think about that. 20 times they have been an underdog. They've straight up won the game 12 times. They've right. covered 15 of them. Notre Dame is 3-8 and eight against the spread in their last 11 as a favorite. The metrics have this Notre Dame minus six. It opened at seven. It's been bet up to ten already. Another stat that if you watch the preview show, then you heard this. Notre Dame is one and eight straight up on the road against Power Five teams in November since 2013. As the season goes on, they tend to wear down. It doesn't matter who the Power Five team is. They end up getting smoked. The only one of those wins was against Pittsburgh in 2015, 2014, something like that. So... Yeah, I think Northwestern has a chance to win the game outright. Like, we know that Pat Fitzgerald does this, right? He plays up to competition. He plays down to competition. You got the number four team in the country coming into your house for the first time in, like, since the 70s. Like, Notre Dame hadn't been to Evanston since the 70s. Yeah, it's been a while. And Northwestern is looking to put on a show. I got Northwestern plus nine and a half. Once again, styles make fights. Texas, we talked about this a little bit in the pregame show. <clears throat> preview store texas minus one and a half at home against west virginia west virginia is a really good offensive team they are made to beat big 12 competitions teams that just it's just a boat race just one team's gonna score the other team's gonna score will greer great quarterback just want the ball last you got a chance to win the football game i don't see that <clears throat> i think texas's defense is good enough to slow down West Virginia to not let them score at will. I think Texas runs a different kind of offense where they keep the ball a lot more, a lot more ball control, a lot more killing the clock, owning uh, the time of possession. I think Texas wins this game, and 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 I don't know that they run away with it, but I think they can beat them by a touchdown. I mean, I like Texas to kind of beat up on a not as strong West Virginia football team. I like the pick. I like the pick. Uh, game number five, Fresno State minus 25 at UNLV. It's a huge line. Doesn't matter to me. Metrics have got Fresno State minus 27. It's Saturday at 9.30 p.m. It's on CBS Sports Network, so you can watch this along with the, uh, the Pac-12 After Dark and, and all that stuff. Uh, Fresno is 22-4-1 against the spread in their last 27 regular season games. UNLV is 2-7 and seven against the spread in their last nine games as a home underdog. Fresno, number 15 in total defense, number four in scoring defense. Look, they did it to Hawaii last week. They're going to do it to UNLV this week. They are going to steamroll this bunch. Jeff Tedford, he is uh, he's auditioning for other gigs, in my opinion. I think he wants to keep this train rolling, and it turns out boosters like you a little more if you cover the spread every week. Oh, yeah. So, look, 25 may sound like a lot. Look, not when the metrics got you by four touchdowns. My next staying home, well, it's it's a road game. But it's our Memphis Tigers. 
Minus 13 at East Carolina. Look, I know Memphis hasn't looked great going on the road this season, but that's because they played some decent teams on the road. Okay. They they played Navy and and Tulane Tulane in the monsoons. I guess Tulane wasn't a monsoon, it was just rain. Yeah. They they went on the road, they played Missouri. Pretty good football team. Yeah. They're going to East Carolina. East Carolina is not a good football team. Everybody that's played them except for UNC has just had their way with them. I think Memphis is going to have their way with them. I think Memphis is going to score and score and score any time they want. I think they beat them by two touchdowns. They cover the 13, take the Memphis Tigers, lay all the points. Not, I can get down not with afraid it. at all. I can get down with it. Game number six for me. So we got, what, four games left? Uh, I got two games left. Yeah, I got two and you got two. Okay, so right. four. Uh, Cal at Washington State. I got the Cougars. Minus 10 Woo. and a half. It's a lot of points. Saturday, 9.45 p.m. ESPN. The metrics have got Washington State minus 15 here. Washington State is number 12 in scoring offense. They're averaging over 40 a game. Cal is number 100 in scoring offense. They are averaging 24.9. Washington State is 8-0 against the spread this year. I think they're going to keep it going. Washington State, number 26 in total defense. Cal is number 17. Look, Gardner Minshew, 26 touchdowns, only six interceptions. Cal needs turnovers to keep this close. I don't think Minshew gives it to him. No, I'm with you. I think Washington State rolls all over Cal. I definitely think Vegas sees that they're 8-0 against the spread, and they're just trying to make that number bigger and bigger and bigger. And they ain't made it big enough yet. Wow, okay. Next game, I'm going. So, you know, I got this saying, you ride until she bucks or you don't ride at all. Me, me and Justin Fuente – and the the Virginia Tech <laughs> I don't Hokies know why you keep doing have, this have had this relationship where I'm giving everything and they're not giving nothing. So you know what? I'm out. I'm out. Give me Bucker. the Boston College. <laughs> give, give me Boston College minus two and a half against West Virginia. They're at Watech. They got to go into Blacksburg. I don't know that I care. Well, Lane Stadium is not exactly as spooky as it used to be it not with this team not no. with this defense you know i might get burned okay if i get burned damn i get burned that's fine but i'm i'm done betting on this team until they can show they know how to show up for games man they have been a dog yeah yeah they so i'm gonna start betting against your ass all right game number seven utah state minus 18 at hawaii like this is one of those that we have told what time you about. Is it's the a Hawaii start? special. What time is this game start? That's what I was getting to. If you have bet all day and you need something to get you back into it, put your money down on the Utah State Aggies minus eighteen Saturday, eleven p.m. <laughs> and you can watch it on the Stadium app. That's right, Stadium on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. You pull that thing up. WatchStadium.com is going to have you set to go. Metrics have got Utah State minus seventeen, so it's off by a point. Whatever. Utah State 7-1 against the spread this season. Hawaii is 1-6-1 against the spread in their last eight. Hawaii is playing their 11th straight game without a bye. They got housed last week at Fresno State 50-20. I think Utah State is about as good as Fresno State. 18 points ain't near enough. Ooh. I'm telling you, Utah State's going to put up like 50-something points. Okay. Yeah, and, and Hawaii will not put up near that. So, uh, yeah, Utah State, minus 18 at Hawaii, Saturday, 11 p.m. All right, my last game, I went with a guy. Just a, this is like an oldie but a goodie. Give me Mark D'Antonio. Going into Maryland, laying two points. 
Michigan State, look, this Maryland team, I hadn't figured them out. I think they're okay. I don't think they're oh, great. They get, they get DJ Durkin back this week. Well, I don't know that DJ Durkin's coming. Oh back no, no, no. Week. They they no, announced it today. No, 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 they didn't. You you read that wrong. They said that the people that did the little investigation said they recommend him coming back, but now it's got to go to a whole different no, no, no. Like, it, group of people. It went to that group of people this afternoon. And they made a decision in one day? They made the decision today. They are bringing Durkin back. He's back that's, in the building. He is coaching smart. this weekend. Do you? So let me ask you a question. Do you think the fans will show up to support him, or will they stay away in, like, we're not happy about this move? What do you think I'll tell you this. Uh, he had a, a meeting with the football team today, and, like, some of the kids got up and walked out. One of them, like, called the the coach out in the middle of the meeting like i don't know i i don't understand why they did it i yeah, don't i don't get it i don't get it and i'm but, look, I, but look, he will be not back a, it's not an easy decision to make okay I, I i'm not telling you what i would do i'm not in, i'm grateful i'm not in a position to have to make a decision like that but i'm gonna tell you this i think there's this chaos going on I, I i knew about the the move to like recommend him um and uh and then it went to this other group Look, I, I think Mark D'Antonio is a good coach. I think he's getting things figured out at Michigan State. They're not a good team. They're not a great team. They're a good team. They're really good defense. I think they're going to slow this offense down. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to Maryland there and win the game. I think they will. I, I absolutely agree with you on that. Uh, I do have some leans this week. Now, these ain't part of our picks. I just, just I like to toss. Gary's just doing time so time. good. He's just throwing out all well, the games. There's some of these that are just banana lines to me, right? Like it's. Look, I bet a lot of games so, too. I don't tell nobody about them. LSU plus fourteen, kind of like that one. Okay. Uh, Penn State plus ten at Michigan. The metrics say that it should only be like six. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see where Michigan would cover this. Okay. I think double digits in a game like that might be a little much, but it, it could be because. I don't know. I'm trying to talk myself into Michigan covering this by more than 10. I thought you were talking yourself into Penn State. Well, no. I'd already talked myself into Penn State. Now I'm trying to talk the other way around since you said something earlier. Okay. Uh, Stanford plus 10 at Washington. Like, Washington just got beat 12 to 10 by Cal. Like, and I understand it's in Seattle. But either way, Stanford plus 10. Stanford doesn't really have bad losses. Like, they lost to Utah. They lost to Notre Dame. They lost it, but they get blown out by good teams. I don't think Washington's a good team. Yeah, yeah they uh, lost to Washington State. And then finally, Georgia Southern minus seven and a half at Louisiana Monroe. Like they should win this game a lot, like a lot bigger than that. Something's a little fishy about that home line, but either way. I'm so who put, are you on? What are you leaning? Oh, I'm a lean a little lean. bit. Georgia Southern minus seven and a half. But you think it's fishy? I think it's fishy, but I'm still going to do it. But you're going to lean into the fish. I lean into the fish cool. every week, man. Every Happy Halloween, guys. Oh, are we supposed to do a rundown? Nah. You just don't want to. Not this week. <laughs> NFL Big Game Previews, week number nine. Brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can watch and wager any of these games over at their sports books. They got six of them. They're fantastic. You got Samstown, Hollywood, uh, Gold Strike, Horseshoe, First Jackpot and Fitz Casino. TunicaTravel.com has all of the information that you need, so go check that thing out. You can also go over to WinningCuresEverything.com. You can enter our picks contest over there. It's right up in the top right corner. Yeah, you'll be able to find it. It's easy. It says Football Picks Contest. Very simple stuff. Let's jump in. 
Come on. Make it short this week. There's not not a bunch of great games. No, no, no. I disagree now. This week is pretty good. Pretty good. No, there's there's some good game like a few really good games, and then some that are just kinda like, eh, okay. Okay. Let's go. Uh game number one. Trying to get the Snickers bar out of my teeth. Rams at the Saints. It is a pick'em. Over under fifty nine, Sunday, three twenty five PM on Fox. What do you think? I'm really excited about this game. I'm trying to figure out if this past week the Rams kind of playing the Packers to a stalemate is – does that tell me anything about them? Is there, like, any crack in the foundation here, you know? No. Um, I'll answer that. No. Okay. All right. There's no crack in the foundation. They obviously could have beaten – like, they could have beaten worse. Like, I, I think the Rams are a really good football team. Well, they I could think, have scored an extra touchdown. That's that's, that's what a, I'm saying. That's about the only thing touchdown. they could have done. Um, but, no, I, I think but the Rams – But that took Ty Montgomery just literally taking his head and inserting it as far up in his rectum as you, a man possibly can. Would it have changed your mind about the Rams if they had given up a late scoring drive, like a late field goal to Aaron Rodgers? To lose the game? Yeah. Well, yeah, because they would have lost the game. I don't think that changes my opinion on them. I don't think one loss in the middle of the season changes my mind about oh, what that team is. No, it, it, no, it, okay. All right, I disagree with that. You're, okay, I agree with that statement. I apologize. I, they're not – right now, they kind of look dominant against everybody until this week. Yeah, I mean, yes and no, right? Like, they, they haven't covered the spread every week. The like spreads they, have been big in the NFL, I understand, though, but This like, is not they, college football where people beat the Broncos beat. about three a couple weeks ago. Like, they, you know, okay. there have been some – they've been very dominant in some games, and then other ones, they come back down to earth. And that's what teams do. Like, it's, it's the ebbs and flows, man. That's how the NFL is. Now, the Saints ain't on that right now. Saints been rolling. They have been rolling. No, they kind of they kind of slowed down against the Vikings, but they still won the game, and they won it in kind of handily fashion. Like yeah, they, I mean, by ten points. Yeah, they. I mean, they they kind of controlled the game, the entire game. And and some of that had to do with turnovers. Some of that had to do with. But but when you've got a team that is built to be able to take the ball away and whatnot, like like I tell you this, I like the Saints team. This is in my gambling picks. I like the Saints team too, but you know that I've been talking about them all year. Uh, they're, they're my Super Bowl winner. They're the team that I picked before the season started to win the Super Bowl. I didn't see the Patrick Mahomes thing going on the way it did. Uh, I, I thought the Rams were going to be good, not great. And, uh, and man, I, I I like this Saints team. I think they're incredibly talented. From top to bottom, I think they're probably one of the most, if not the most, complete team. Offense, defense, special teams, everything accounted for. Preview of the NFC Championship game? Uh Yes. Yeah. And I, I don't so. see another NFC team close. I don't either. I mean, the, 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 I thought the Vikings could be there. No, we, I mean, not, they're not, they're right not now. there. No. And unless they do something drastic between now and the end of the season, no. The Packers, not even close. I mean, my, uh, they're not even. By close. the way, for my Vikings over 10 ticket to hit oh yeah they have to win out they have to win out i've got this <laughs> i've got that same ticket don't worry it's so all right. I'm just like what in the hell that's okay i will tell you this you remember all those over under bets that we went down to tunic mm-hmm. and made that's the only one i'm not cashing i know there's a lot of season left to go but i'm i feel unbelievable about the rest of them yeah i can understand that would you have the bears over the, the bears over like five and a half or six it wasn't much yeah, i got hit the, that like i got soon. the cowboys under eight and a half i think i'm gonna moonwalk to that thing um i've got uh the saints over nine I'm gonna hit that i'm pretty yeah. sure 
Um, I've got the Packers under 10.5. Going to hit that, pretty sure. Uh, I think that's – no, I've got more than that. I've got a couple. I mean, yeah, you got, you got I made like more. eight or nine. Yeah, you made you made a bunch. <laughs> a little, uh, anyway. Oh, I don't think your Browns one's going to hit. You're, no, uh, you're probably right. No, that one I'm going to lose to. Yeah, it, what gonna, was it, like over five and a half? It was five. I got him at five. I got him at five. And they could get to five. It was a low number. It was high juice. So I think I think it used to be five and a half, and they had lowered it and raised the juice up. Let's uh, let's talk about game number two, Sunday night football. Did you see the Michael Jordan? I was just going to ask this. Let's talk about the game first. Packers at Patriots minus six and a half. Over under is fifty seven. It's a lot of points. A lot of points, but to be expected with these. Yeah. Uh, It's Sunday seven twenty p.m. NBC Sunday night football. That Michael Jordan uh, preview about, you know, the greatest. The greatest and- of all time. Also. <laughs> Look, I that was really, really well done. It was well done. Okay. This, this is my old man speech for a minute, okay? I know Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. Not a good quarterback. A great quarterback. The man has very few playoff wins. He has one Super Bowl. Let's be real careful before we start just hailing him the greatest of all time. Okay? Okay. And I don't know that winning one more solidifies it either. All right? You know how nuts it would be if Brady decided to retire and Aaron Rodgers found a way to end up in New England? They're not going to do that because they're not going to pay him. Well, no, I understand that. But like, I, and I, and I, so we'll get into the let's get into the breakup of the game real quick. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's. I was I was just let me, let throwing me, out but hypotheticals no, but, that would but never let me, happen. But let me tell you. But let me tell you why that won't ever happen is because one guy understands and the organization understands. <clears throat> there's a 53 man roster, and we have a fixed salary cap. Okay, it, you can get paid because you're the franchise, but you can't get paid too much because we have to build a team. We got we got fifty two other people that gotta be paid. Yeah. And you have another guy that says, Give me forty percent of the cap. Do what you will with the other sixty percent, and then goes on TV and complains, We don't have any talent. Why don't I, why aren't there any players around me? Well you know what? Because you take too damn much. Now, are you worth it? Absolutely worth every oh, bit of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Not not saying that he hasn't earned all of that money. But I'm quite certain the hundred million dollars that State Farm is paying you is enough for you to say, "Hey, maybe I take ten million dollars less, and you get me an offensive lineman. Maybe I take another five million, and you help bump the pass rush or get a, a DB that's worth. It. Oh, maybe we can keep the guy that we drafted in High Clinton Dix. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. Or we can just trade him away because we're not going to re-sign him because that's what we do in Green Bay. Yeah. When you know that you like we, your we, season's pretty much shot, we pay one guy a lot of money, and then we just try to figure it out with everybody else. Interesting thing about this: the Patriots. If you watch, I know you watched them on Monday night. I did. They are the. I, I feel like the only team in the NFL that takes what players are good at and puts them in a position to be successful. With whatever that is. Correct. Right? So, like, Cordero Patterson was not a standout wide receiver. Like, no. he, they people wanted him to be. He did really well his first year they in Minnesota. They tried so hard to make him that. and they But they found out he's a pretty good special teams player. He doesn't run routes, which kind of hurts if, you, if you're going to play wide yeah. receiver. Good special that, teams that's player. That's tough. And 
and it turns out like he's kind of difficult to tackle when you hand him the football. He ain't got to run a route if you just hand it to him. Get him in open field. And the Patriots found out, okay, well, nobody else wants him because he can't really run routes well. We'll take him for a bag of chips. Yeah, and we'll figure out what he's good at and let him do that. That's right. Like, instead of worrying about what he can't do, the Patriots figured out what he can do. And it's the same thing with every player on their roster. Well, and and it's not just they're going to do that for them. They're also going to build a game plan against every team differently. Yeah. They're the only team that doesn't say, well, we play this way and we're going to force you to our will. No, they don't. They're going to say, what do you suck at? Hey, let's do that. Hey, this team can't it's cover like, the hey, run. The Chiefs, yeah, like they can't stop. They can't stop you on defense. On defense, so so we're just going to score. We're going to score points. That's it. We're not going to punt. Guess what? They didn't punt the whole game. They yeah. scored on every possession and they won the game. That's that's how you beat a team with really high explosive offense. Can't stop nobody. You play great defense. We're going to get ball control. We're going to keep the ball. We're going to not do anything risky. We're not going to turn it over. We're going to kick field goals. We're going to win the game. Every week the game plan is completely different. They're the only team in the league that does that stuff. The Packers, I, I look, the over-under is 57 here. I could easily see this going over. I could see this as a 35-31 kind of ball game. I have no idea what to expect. I, it would not shock me if the Patriots come out and try to make this a 14 to 21 ball game. I mean, it's it, I could see them try and make it that. Yeah. But, but I also think that they understand, like, you can play really good defense against Aaron Rodgers, and he will still score on you. But he does all that crap in the fourth quarter. So if, if he's got nine points and he's got to get two touchdowns to catch you, all right, now we're like 17 21, 27, whatever. Yeah. Like, he's not getting a ton, though. Uh, At 27 is a little, little much, but. I mean, it, they scored it against the Rams. So, and I think the Rams got a better defense than the Patriots. So, either way, I, the six and a half here, I hate the hook. Like, I, I, I hate the hook right here. Um, but, I mean, if I was going to bet the game, and I'm not. I, I'm staying away. I'm just going to enjoy it. I would take the Patriots minus six and a half. I don't think this Packers team is very good. Um, I don't but, know where you saw that line. I checked it before I came on, and it was five and a half. It was already down to it. It opened at seven. I literally checked it before we started recording. Before you got that's, here, that's uh, it was the MGM line. Wow, five and a half. It's gone down. People are people are loading up on the Packers, baby. People love Aaron Rodgers. Just keep crapping on Tom Brady. People love Aaron Rodgers. I don't know this forty-one-year-old feisty, shysty guy. Come on now. If it's five and a half, absolutely, I'm rolling with the Patriots. Um, if if everybody's betting on the Packers to drive that number down, yeah, I, I'm I'm betting on them even more. Game number three: Steelers at the Ravens. Ravens a three point favorite over under forty seven and a half. Sunday, twelve p.m. CBS. Ravens are uh, on a bit of a slide here. This line stinks like shit. Yeah, it really does. I thought the I thought I make these lines up in my head before I check them. I thought the Steelers were going to be favored one, one and a half, two, close to a pick them. They're on the road, but this is a divisional team. They play each other really tough. When I saw it was a three-point line the other way, I thought, well, I'm not – I don't usually miss it that bad. I think it's a mistake. I, I think – well, this is in my gambling picks. Home field advantage means a lot most of the times. Not with not, these. Not like, in divisions where these teams just really play each other every year – They've been doing it forever. They well, and the Ravens beat up on the Steelers earlier in the yeah. year, and it's kind of like it's this the is revenge a game. It's both a whole, of these teams yeah. are completely different today, completely different than they were then. 
Yeah. Just insane to me. Insane to me as well. The Steelers are playing a lot better. Um, game number four, Falcons at the Redskins. Redskins minus one and a half. Over under 47 and a half. It's Sunday, 12 p.m. on Fox. Um, I mean, the Redskins are six and two. They're six and two, man. Six and two. And, and the Falcons here, I mean, you remember they opened up one and four. Yeah. They went two straight. They're three and four. If they can get this win, get that puts them at 500. Mount 500. 500, middle of the year. I mean, they, they got a shot at the playoffs at that point. Like, because the back half of the of the schedule is a little bit more reasonable. I mean, they got road games, but it's more reasonable than the front half was. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's interesting because the Falcons have played significantly better. But the Redskins, at the same time, like, if this turns into any kind of a shootout, the Redskins are in serious trouble. I mean, they, they have... But the they, Redskins hadn't allowed anybody to play them in a shootout all year. Like, this defense is really, really good. But I don't know that they've really played, like, an explosive offense. I mean, when you look at the teams they've played... Okay. So, I mean, you see what I'm saying here. So, right. like, now, this will be an not, interesting game not, stylistic. Do you think this defense for the Falcons is actually going to... Like, this is one of those games where the Redskins should just be able to ball control the hell out of it. And they should hold the ball for 40 minutes. Yeah. They, they should. should. They should They should never go out of bounds and just get six yards of play, nine yards of play, eight yards of play. Just just beat them to death. Kick field goals if you have to. No one cares. I mean, this, Just keep the other team on the field because this defense is garbage. Th- this is the week that the Redskins are supposed to not go. But they, they've kind of stopped doing that, though. This A little year, bit. No, this year they've stopped doing that. Over the last three weeks. That's yeah. right. They've won three weeks in a row. They've never now, done that they, before. Had had the Cowboys not screwed it up, then... Oh, the Redskins had a lot to do with that screw it up, though. They controlled a lot of that game. To oh, the no, I'm not end. talking about like the very end where where they have to try the 52-yard field goal instead and, of a 47 And the Redskins screwed up the a field lot goal before and, that. Just yeah. a lot of things crazy happened. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I don't know. I like the, it, this... You know what? I'm not even going to tell you. This is my game of fix. Okay. And so, uh, game number five, Chargers at the Seahawks. Now, you wouldn't think that this is, like, an interesting game. It's sneaky good. It's a sneaky good game. Uh, it's uh, Seahawks minus one and a half. The over-under is 47 and a half. Again, that's three straight games at 47 and a half. Uh, Sunday, 3.05 p.m. on CBS. This is a fun game. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this game. The Chargers coming off a of bye week. Uh the Seahawks off a big win at Detroit. Correct. Seattle is five and three right now. I'm about to say I was not expecting them to be that good this year. And me either. And and kind of an offensive explosion. Like who are uh, they throwing the ball to? Who's running the ball? I, I don't even know. That <laughs> I can't tell you. That offensive line was supposed to be one of the worst in the league. And uh, Russell Wilson well, found a way to run the ball. Russell Russell Wilson had a comment today. He said, I'm out there cooking steaks. Like I like I can do whatever I want in the backfield. Yeah. Like, hang on, wait a minute now. What what happened? You're supposed to be one of the worst. You're good. You got a couple of these teams chemistry. that are supposed to be pretty good, and they're awful. Yeah. Chemistry is uh has worked out pretty well. They're uh their three losses. They lost by two at home to the Rams. They lost by three at Denver in the first week of the season. Yep. They lost by three at Chicago. No, that's it. I mean That's it. Yeah. So and they're favored over the Chargers, who we both like. Yep. Uh, so I'm not sure what to make of the Seahawks team. I think they got some of the cancers off their team, and Man. and it might have helped. Man, yeah, maybe you're right. 
So who knows? Who knows? Honorable mention games. Let's jump into it. Thursday night, seven twenty p.m. This is terrible. NFL man. Network slash Fox, whatever, whichever thing you want to watch. Amazon Prime, I think, has got it too. Whatever. Raiders at the 49ers. Two one win teams. I, I will be watching the the Central Florida boss. Uh, I uh, I'll be flipping back and forth because nope. I want to see. Nope, not me. I want to see who is going to get the number one draft pick next year. You won't know from this game. What game do I need to watch to figure that out? I don't know. The Raiders win one more game. They got the tiebreaker over Cleveland. Well, that's what I'm saying. If the Raiders win this game, 49ers I, win another game. 49ers Cleveland, are three-point favorites. I, Cleveland, I think I'd probably take 49ers. Cleveland going to get that first-round pick again. <laughs> game, uh, Monday watch. night game. Let's jump to the Monday night game. 7.15 p.m. on ESPN. The Titans at the Cowboys. Did you see this line move? I, I, what well, the move? I saw what it was tonight. Uh, it opened at four. Okay. It's six and a half right now. Oh, that makes me feel so much better. Yeah. This is my gambling picks. Is it? Okay. Oh, we, yeah. Yeah. Go, go watch the gambling picks segment. Yeah. Hit that subscribe button oh, on YouTube, by the way, you. if, you, if you're doing that. Listen, I got the Titans coming off a bye, and I got the Clapper just, just hanging out. Yeah. Now, I think they had a bye, too, but he was in L.A. goofing off. Man, not get, come on, man. <laughs> come on, come man. Come on. Texans at the Broncos. Broncos one-and-a-half-point favorites. The Broncos just traded Demarius Thomas to the Texans. I had this game as a gambling pick. Took it off the board. Took it off the board. 3.05 p.m. on CBS. Another one of those West Coast time things. Uh, I'm not sure what to make of this because I still don't really trust in the Texans, even though they're on like a four-game winning streak or five-game winning streak. I can't they? figure that out. No, I mean, they've won five straight. Five straight. That's that doesn't happen bonkers. in the NFL. No, it's it's bonkers to me, which which makes me kind of like the Broncos a little more here. I, I I love the Broncos until they traded away Demarius to the Texans. Now I don't think he's going to play this week, but it's just like that's so weird, man. Oh, I, I agree. Like, like I don't. I, I think you trade Demarius Thomas because Cam Sutton is so good, right? You can. There's enough room to play them both. Like this, you know. No, but I mean, you got Emmanuel Sanders too, and whatever. I'm I'm. Rubbing my face, I got paint all over me. I forget. It's the Halloween edition, by the way. I'm trying to. That's why my to, face looks like complete crap. I'm trying to sneak Halloween candy going on over That's, here. I mean, this is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, last game: Bucks at the Panthers. Panthers minus six and a half. Uh, is there anything to the Fitz Magic stuff? Mm. Six and a half seems like a pretty big line for a division game. Yeah, I'm staying away. I'm not. I'm not touching this game. I'm not either. Uh, if there's it, any chance that James Winston will touch this field, I'm out. Get 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 give me the Panthers and I don't care. Well, no, look, uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has uh, it, like he's been announced as the starter. Starter, but like if he comes out and throws three interceptions, are they going to be like, oh, let's put Jameis in now? And then he'll just come in and throw three more. In which case, like we probably should have taken the Panthers. We should have. We're going to be sitting here saying, why the hell are we not betting the Panthers? I, I'll probably I'd probably roll with the Panthers if you want to bet on this game. <laughs> Probably roll with the Panthers because you got staying, no idea. What's I'm happening. staying away. It's, it's bad football. That's a, yeah, it's it's bad football. Like the Panthers aren't bad football. No, I like Panthers. But uh, but you never know what Tampa Bay is going to do because last week they were down 34 to what 16 or something. Put Ryan Fitzpatrick in, came back, almost one damn game. Yep, had a had, it took a last minute field goal. I know. It's ridiculous. Busted my cover. I was right. covering the whole game. <laughs> that I is the that money. NFL Week Nine preview. <laughs> NFL Week 9 Gambling Picks, the Halloween edition of the show. <laughs> Final segment of the, of the show. Believe that. All right, so 
It's brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six incredible sports books down there at Samstown, Hollywood, First Jackpot, Fitz Casino, Gold Strike, and the Horseshoe. Nailed it. You can go check out all of them over at tunicatravel.com. You can find our picks, our previews, all that wonderful stuff over at winningcureseverything.com. You can also enter the picks contest. You're going to pick 10 games against the spread. You got seven college, three NFL games. Look, we're going to give you the line that we like. You just pick against it, see what you think, put a tiebreaker in there. Last week, Donald B. from Corning, Arkansas, went eight and two. He uh, he won technically because I can't win, although I did win the uh, the pool last week. Okay. Uh, but I'm with not going to take the prizes from you. Look, with some shenanigans. At, oh, there ain't no he, shenanigans he earned here. It. I'm just kidding. I'm just ain't joking. No, no, ain't no, no, no shenanigans here. By the way, plenty of integrity. Whenever you get the uh, whenever you get the pool, it will have my picks and Chris's picks on that spreadsheet. You don't so, have to worry about me. And so whenever you, hey, you've done pretty well some weeks. So not last week. Last week you had what five wins? I think. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it was. Yeah, I think you went five and five last week. Um, as far as our Never actual picks go. Last week, NFL Week Eight, we both went three and two against the spread. So winning week, not bad. That's right. It did not really help me get back to five hundred. Not yet. You still got a little bit to go. I'm eighteen twenty one and one on the year. You are twenty one sixteen and three. Had so you good, were doing pretty well. Had a good good NFL season. Let's uh, let's go on and jump into this. Made you want to give me? You want to give me your game one? Uh, yeah, my game one. The Kansas City Chiefs. Are coming into Cleveland, and they are minus nine and a half, and that is not nearly enough points. <laughs> Craig Williams, not a great defensive coordinator. Pretty sure he's not going to be a great head coach. Okay, um, and you got an offensive coordinator that's uh, never called plays, never called Freddy plays Kitchens. before in her life. I, I, I really don't know what we're going to look like. I guess the only thing you can hope for being a Browns fan is sometimes chaos seems to work out in like if you're a major underdog, you just you just disrupt as much as you can disrupt and hope that the ball bounces your way. I don't know. The Chiefs are really good. The Chiefs are probably going to score a lot. This is under 10 points. I have no idea why it's under 10 points, but take the Chiefs, take all the money in the world and just put it on the Chiefs. I got the same thing. <laughs> Chiefs minus nine. I got it at nine. Uh, it's up to nine and a half now. Um, everything that he just said. I mean, it's it's Sunday. It's a noon game. Chiefs got to travel to Cleveland. Don't think it matters. Nope. No, this is uh, the Chiefs are seven and one against the spread so far this year. Um, I make that seven and two. I don't know. I don't. They didn't cover last week. I don't so, know the answer to they, they were a ten point favorite against the Broncos. Whatever. Uh, this is not the Broncos. This is a, a bad organization right now. Um, and they got a chance to fix it, but they ain't going to fix it in a week. So, Chiefs minus nine and a half. What's your game number two? Game number two is one of the most ridiculous lines I've seen in a while as well. Two teams coming off a bye. Tennessee Titans, needle a bye. A lot of guys hurt, a lot of guys injured. I got a plus six and a half. This game opened at four and a half. Everybody's betting on the Cowboys. Look, I know the Cowboys play pretty good at home. But come on, man. This Cowboys team is a joke. You think getting Amari Cooper back in there, not back, but but in there is going to help you? No. You handled the first-round pick away, so you didn't have to worry about drafting a bust. You just went ahead and took somebody who is a bust. Okay? That's what I got to say <laughs> about that. He, he had two really good seasons, and then after that, 
He's been garbage. Okay. I think the Titans gonna win this game. Oh, you gonna have some money line I, action? I'm, I'm gonna on. I'm Sprinkle gonna have money some money line. line action on this game. I like the Titans. Now I get sucked into our Titans a lot. I buy in a lot to Tennessee. But this is a team that can drag you into the mud, and I, I and they were very close in London. Yeah, uh, against a, a a really good yeah. Chargers team. Yeah, I mean that's a two point conversion away from walking away with a W. Yeah, you're right about that. So I I like the Titans. I think a week to an extra week to prepare benefits the team that's better coached and with what seven games under his belt i, I think everybody in the league would would say that Vrabel's a better coach than garrett. than garrett yeah right now absolutely so game number two for me falcons at the redskins i like the redskins minus one and a half at home look it's right before the bye week that is the craziest shock I've ever heard. I just <laughs> knew you were going to bet on your Falcons. Nope. I knew nope. Here, Here's the deal. You pulled the old okey-doke on the Falcons me. Have I beat, love it. The Falcons have beaten two bad teams in a row. Yep. The Redskins have got a chance to run away with this division. They, You have to seize these opportunities. you got to take advantage of your home games. It's Sunday at noon. Redskins defense, I think, shuts down the Falcons at least enough to where that they will they will cover the one and a I half. think this is going to be if you're if you're a well coached football team in Washington this has to be your classic ball control slow the game down hold the ball hold the ball hold the ball hold the ball yeah. kick field goal score touchdowns and and just don't let the other team on the field yeah cuz their defense is garbage in Atlanta exactly man i love that pick and i was so i, I knew you were going to take Atlanta man good <laughs> up on you my third pick I think the wrong team is favored here. I got the Chargers plus one and a half going to Seattle. Okay. I know that Seattle has played well lately, and I know that Seattle looks good. Seattle used to be an impossible place to go up and win, and it's not that anymore. The Chargers never have a home field advantage, so playing on the road does not bother them. I think they're a top five, top six team in the league, man. They're coming off a bye. I know that bye week teams are only like 50-50, so the bye doesn't really matter. I like this Chargers team a lot. If Melvin Gordon is healthy, now I will tell you this, come game time, Melvin Gordon is not playing, be careful. I think that guy's a game changer, though. Yeah, I think he is. He's supposed to be back. He's supposed to, hey, if he's healthy, he's in, I'm in. I'm all in. I like the Chargers. I think they'll win the game. Game number three for me, the Lions at the Vikings. I like the Vikings minus four here. Vikings took one on the chin at home against the Saints. Before that, they'd won three straight ball games. The Lions did not look right at home against Seattle. I don't think going to Minneapolis fixes that problem. Sunday is 12 p.m. on Fox. Um, look, this line opened at 7. And I kept looking for any reason why people would be putting their money on the Lions so much that it brought it all the way down to 4. I guess because it's a divisional game, maybe. I mean, it's um, got to be it. But Vegas, obviously, there was a reason why it was a seven-point line. I think something's fishy here. I'm going to go with the Vikings minus four. They just keep bringing this line down, and it's it's money coming in on the lines. I had to double-check that. You know, because sometimes, like, more money comes in on the Vikings, and they'll just keep dropping the line. It's not that. It is actually money coming in on the lines. I guess they expect a bounce back after that loss to Seattle. Look, I was I was riding with the Lions for a little bit. I actually bet on them last week. Yeah. 
I'm going against them this week. I like the Vikings to uh, to bounce back here after that loss against uh, against the Saints. I think they cover the four pretty easily. My number four game. Look, it is it is not advisable to continue to bet on Brock Osweiler. This will be your number three game. One, two, three, four. Chiefs, Titans, Chargers. I'm sorry. My apologies. Dolphins. I did number three last time. <laughs> minus three at home against the Jets. Look, I, I, I know Brock Osweiler isn't, isn't great. But I think this Jets team is in a little bit of a trouble here. They're coming on the road. Miami's still going to be a little warm and, uh, and, and muggy. They play good at home. Adam Gase, pretty good coach. I think he'll have his team kind of rallied around figuring this offense out. I think Osweiler is going to get better the longer he's in this system with Gase. And I just cannot believe in the Jets right now. I just can't do it. Sam Darnold is looking like every rookie in the world used to look, which turnover galore, can't hold on to the football, just just telegraphing his his uh, his passes. Everybody in the whole stadium knows where they're going. I, I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I think it's going to take some time, and I think the defense of the Dolphins good enough, shake him up, break him up, figure this thing out. I think the running game looks good. If if uh, Parker plays, Parker looked dangerous the other day. I like the Dolphins, man. I can understand that. Minus three, give me the Dolphins. Game number four for me, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Plus three at the Ravens. This line stinks. There's something fishy about the line. I, I, I will admit I that. I don't. But I will say this. Look, it's Sunday. It's a noon game. CBS. It's not a night game. It's not a you know afternoon whatever. It is just early ball game in Baltimore. Uh, the Steelers have looked significantly better the last few weeks. The Ravens have looked significantly worse the last few weeks. They've been making mistakes. They've been like and and I think the Steelers are going to win the game outright. I feel like this is a revenge spot for them after the Ravens absolutely embarrassed them earlier in the year, you know, in Pittsburgh. Uh, Roethlisberger always seems to do pretty well when he goes on the road in the division. I'll, I'll take the Steelers here. I'll take the plus three. Seems like a lot of points. This line stinks. I, oh, I agree. And we'll I, talk about I, it whenever I lose it. But I, you know. I just feel like there's something fishy But here. I, I could I could not me. take the Ravens on it. No, God, no. Um, but the, the Steelers – like, I'll take that. I'll take that plus three. My last game I'm taking, 41-year-old Tom Brady. Minus five and a half. Got this punk named Aaron Rodgers coming into your house. Everyone calling him the GOAT. One championship, couple of playoff wins. Please. You kidding me? This Patriots team gets up for big games. This is Sunday Night Football. Al Michaels is going to be in the house. Chris Collinsworth. The Patriots are going to put up lots and lots of points. I don't know if Sony Michelle will be back. Don't know. Don't care. They'll find somebody to tote the rock. Don't know if Gronk can get free. Catch passes. Is his back okay? Don't know. Don't care. Don't care. Somebody's going to catch passes. This defense will make plenty of plays. Aaron Rodgers is going to get loose. He's going to throw some balls way up in the air, and somebody's going to run through and catch them. That's going to happen a couple of times. 
you can't sustain drives doing that. You can't continue to try and win just pulling balls out your butt. Give me the Patriots. Less than a touchdown at home. They're going to kick their ass. Game number five, Rams at the Saints. I got the Saints at minus one and a half today. Saints are 10-0 against the spread in October the last three seasons. I think the streak continues. I think the Rams are ripe for an upset. Uh, that game last week, I think they they wanted to make sure they got the game at home. I think they understand they are going to lose at some point this season. What better place for that to happen than down in New Orleans? Listen, right? Louisiana is right this weekend. Yes, absolutely. Okay. You got the Rams coming to town. You got the Crimson Tide coming to town. Take down Alabama on Saturday. Take down the Rams on Sunday. Let's not get crazy about the Alabama game here. Everything's going right. 3.25 p.m. on Fox. I like the Saints to win this game definitely by more than one and a half points. Uh, I I look for this to be a field goal game. Field goal game. Touchdown touchdown game. game. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But, yeah, one score game. But one and a half, you're just picking a winner, man. Exactly. And I'm picking the Saints to win this one at home. They'll be happy to be back home after being at the Ravens <sighs> and at Minneapolis last week. Yeah, they've been on the road. It's a tough road game. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We normally do a recap. We ain't doing that this week. Go over to winningcureseverything.com, or you can just rewind the video, check that bad boy out. We'll see you guys, uh, what, next week? Next week. Da-da-da. Happy Halloween, everybody. See you guys. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551 226 9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551 226 9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.